What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO Episode 3. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Well, it's been a good run. Are we but ending think, it already? But I think this should end in a trilogy. Yeah, just this is it. The final episode of PSI Love You XOXO. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bold move. It is a bold move, but I like making bold moves. Is it because finally, <clears throat> after three weeks, we've been dethroned at the top of the iTunes podcast charts? Have we? Car Talk is once again number oh, one. Car Those talk. mother... Fuckers the crazy car thing talk. about Car Talk, as far as I understand it, those yeah. are two brothers. That's a great show. Have you ever listened no. to Car Talk? I, I, a really, I don't know anything about Car Talk. Sure. Or, or cars, rather. Okay. I know a lot about Car Talk. Okay. Uh, car Talk is a show that's been on for many years, like decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's by two brothers in Massachusetts. And one of them died like a few years ago. And I think that the Car Talk that I don't think I was reading about this, and I'm not sure if it's if it's true necessarily on the podcast, but the show because it's a it's a an npr show okay is just reruns oh really so that's how good that show is awesome i don't know if you ever listened to that like you you said you didn't people out there should check it out it's fucking hilarious no don't check it out this is that's the opposite way of what we're doing oh it's fine we released a song and we became the number one video games podcast and hobbies or whatever the hell the thing is and we were up there with a song episode one episode two and now car talk and hunt the truth are back i think even though i'm interested about this truth I'm not, I don't care about the truth. The don't, I'm, that, Halo's story seems interesting this time around. I hope they don't blow it. I don't know. The It seems a little blah to me, but but I'm not, no, I, haven't, I haven't paid was, a, Oh, Cortana, what's going to happen? I, I haven't know. paid attention to the oh, Halo story alien. in 10 years, but more than that. But uh, yeah, talk, anyway, bro. car talk. Good stuff. Yeah. People should check it out. It's really funny. It's a really, like, I don't know anything about automobiles, but they're just like really funny dudes. They just like have this great banter with each other, very witty right. dudes. But I think one of them passed away. And, uh, that throws I'm off gonna, the banter for sure. I'm going to gonna look it up? I'm gonna look it up while you okay. introduce whatever it is you do. Sure. If you want a witty banner, you've come to the wrong place, ladies and gentlemen. PSI Love You XOXO is your weekly PlayStation podcast from kindoffunny.com. Remember, kindoffunny.com and patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Keep the lights on, so we'll go over there. Watch all the videos. Subscribe. Go buy the new t-shirts. We have new t-shirts up for all the shows. We have one up for PSI Love You XOXO. Of course, your support continues to overwhelm us. We can't believe that at episode three of this podcast, we are doing so well and charting so well. And Go to iTunes and subscribe and share and like it and like the videos and share the videos and do all that kind of stuff. Did they give you enough time to find out about Car oh, Talk? Oh, yeah, yeah, more than enough time. I found it five seconds. <laughs> Car Talk is a Peabody award-winning Peabody. radio... Oh, I'm sorry, Peabody. Peabody is a, t- is a town. That's how you say sure, it. Sure, I'm sure it is. It is, and that's how you say it. It's in Massachusetts. Okay, sure uh, it is. Just like Wichita and a whole bunch of other ones you got there. So Peabody is how you say the award. You're right, but Peabody is how you would say the town. Okay. Uh, radio talk show. You do this. I lived in New England. I know you did, and everyone talks funny up there, and then you come back, and you're like, this is how everybody talks. I'm not from New England, and I don't talk the way they talk up there. Radio talk show broadcast weekly on NPR stations and elsewhere. Its subjects were automobiles and automotive repair, discussed often in humorous ways. It was hosted by brothers Tom and Ray Magliozzi, also known as Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. The show was produced from 1977 to October 2012, when the brothers retired, and then one of the brothers, I think, was deceased since then. So, what's cr- so I tell you that story. Reruns of car talk kicking the are shit out beating of us. us on itunes Motherfucker. that's how good that i'm telling you you should really just listen to one episode i bet you fucking are hysterical okay uh, by the end of it is it all about carburetors and spark plugs it though? is so people call in and they have problems and they have they're like so i have a 93 ford probe this is not the other thing and they like immediately identify they're like really smart they immediately identify the problem and then they start making fun of the person or making fun of each other or just like telling stories mm-hmm. and jokes it's Sounds really familiar. really really Sounds really familiar it's very very funny it almost is like a proto podcast since it started out in the 70s like it was it's yeah very good show okay. they absolutely we absolutely do not belong above them in the chart okay <laughs> i'll take it yeah 
Hopefully reruns of this show one day will do that well, but who knows. Now, here's where we're going to start. Doubtful. Yeah. We, have, we have topics on the show. We have listener mails. You have a beer. A million things are happening. Mm-hmm. Right before we went live, mm-hmm. we started in on a line, uh, an argument, you're, an argument you were making for, mm. for something. And I'll mm. set it up, and I want you to say it again. I want to talk it out, because I, I don't fully comprehend what you're saying. I don't think, but I want to be there. Not the right? first time. Yeah. Most of the time, actually. So I was talking to Kevin, mm. who runs the camera. Mm. You know. What's up, Kevin? Uh, talking to Kevin and I was telling him I tried to play I, I broke down over this weekend mm. I'm out there I'm watching the Bears after mm. DirecTV stopped screwing me over they won yeah thank mm-hmm. god Jesus it was close too did you see the end of that game yeah I did actually <sighs> two and three yeah yeah oh, we're getting turn it around Cutler, ruining, Cutler ruin, fumbling in the end ruining zone. the first draft pick yeah <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I broke down I'm like volume on Vita Still MA, they're still working on it, whatever. I'm going to play it on PS4, mm. but I'll play it via remote play. Because mm. with the PlayStation Vita, of course, every PlayStation 4 game is a Vita game. That's what I've been told. And I was like, perfect. Turn it on. Immediately, the text is too small. It's hurting my eyes trying to read all that tiny text. I'm like, I can power through this, though. I don't need... It's no big deal. No big deal. And then it was like, use the back touch to stick to walls to do the step. And I, yeah, I, I got every 97% of the times I was getting caught in these missions. It's because I couldn't stick to the wall correctly because of the damn back mm. touch. Got mad. And Kevin said, I don't understand why they didn't just put triggers mm. on the back of... The, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two triggers on the Vita. And I said, they want to get these kids with their touchscreen gaming, all this other stuff. And then your argument is... That when the Vita came out, PS3 was still a thing. P- obviously designed to be used in conjunction with PS4. We just didn't know that yet. Right. Uh... People weren't using the triggers on PS3. So it, it didn't seem... I don't think it was that obvious of a choice at that time. People use R1 and L1 to shoot in most, in most PS3, in PS3 games. games yeah. At least early and mid PS3 games. Maybe by yeah. the end people. But a lot of people weren't using the triggers. Everyone hated them. You, in fact, a lot of people would remap the L1 and yeah, R1. But, Games like Uncharted were na- used natively uh, L1 and R1 as opposed right. to L2 and R2, which is the standard now in the Nathan Drake collection. You can switch them. And my thought was that it wasn't a priority for them because, A, they might be telegraphing moves to, in the future by including triggers. And then people are like, why are you putting triggers on Vita when your triggers on your PS3 controller suck? And then, like, why don't you fix the PS3 controller? Uh, and so I think that their solution at the time was that, you know, the, the, the studios will map as some studios have. Like, yeah. when you put Far Cry 4 in, for instance... There's a it, it knows that you're connected to Vita and it shows you an image sure. of how to play the game. So my argument was simply that there was no need to put two sets of triggers on the on the Vita because no one knew at the time that they're going to be using a system that actually had competent triggers in association mm. with the Vita. See, my problem is I just found it. I don't think I, that's a I think this argument goes, at all. I think this goes back to our whole Stockholm syndrome when we talk about the XMB and printer settings and everything else. It's like, yeah, sure, we use R1 and L1 to shoot and stuff, but every I remember everyone going like, why is this happening? Why any anyone who ever used an Xbox is like, why are we using these triggers? Not to mention if there's already, I mean, I don't think you're telegraphing anything by putting just we're making it look like the Dual Shock. You don't have to use the you know R2 L2 on the Vita to shoot things. You could just have them on there and have them already be there. How would it fit though? I don't even understand ergonomically how the triggers would fit. It would not well. You'd have to like have the Vita a, would have, have the Vita couldn't sit like right like it would well it would pitched. be it would, i think it'd be i think it would be a thicker design is the problem that's the biggest problem yeah but i think it, i would i would have fucking much rather than ditch all this touchscreen garbage that just was a fad that didn't work out and done it there the the well, i don't necessarily disagree with you i think the touchscreen's fine i, I don't think the bat the bat I, in fact i think touchscreen is like essential it's great for like for just interacting with the vita in terms of menu navigation so i think it's fine i just think that they should have a they should have your the big, option to use a your big bubbles fame well, like it makes sense the way you use it and the way you scroll through menus, it works fine. The way you save and and use like the, the different like infrastructure of the of the Vita, I think works fine with the touchpad. I don't think you get rid of touch. I think that would be really a stupid idea. Everyone, every, everything is everything's touched on on that kind of screen. Yeah. These days, the back touch, yeah, I think they should absolutely get rid of. I'm surprised they haven't yet. A lot of games don't interact with them, but remote play wouldn't work without it. Right. What the That's, most you know, they paint themselves in the corner. The point that I was the point that we should walk away from with the Vita is that it's an in between machine yep. and that. 
it's fascinating that it was developed with full knowledge that it would work for PS4, but they cannot say it. Sure. And so it was this this machine that made a lot of sense, then didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, then maybe phones were killing it, then it made a lot of sense when the PS4 was announced and they integrated, and I was like, that's awesome mm-hmm. that they did that, and and it's still, to a lot of people, doesn't make I any think sense. When, I think, again, what we're talking about, when I'm talking about touchscreen, right, is that I would have much rather from the get-go that not been a thing. That's I think that Sony put it in there to chase the iPad generation to say this is how it is. And what you're saying is, no, the touchscreen works for saving for menu navigation. Yeah, but that's because it's designed to do that. I'm saying from the get-go, never have that garbage in there. Make a system for gamers like they did with the PlayStation 4 and then watch it succeed. I, I think don't they know. tried to shoehorn a bunch of stuff. Sunflowers and all this other garbage. Sure, Sun, uh, Sunflowers is a good game. Good but game, the, but I mean, it's it's clearly a touch. It's, it's sure, it's an iPhone. iPad. It's an, it's yeah. a, it is an iPhone game, but the... the I don't. I disagree completely that removing the front touchscreen would have made Vita sell better. I don't think that that would have ever happened in a million years. Like it wasn't. It's not like. I mean, what? Why would that have been the case? Because why you, are they trying to chase that market? I don't know. I I don't see. I I think it's quite intuitive to have a screen that you can touch. It doesn't mean the games have to use it. Mm-hmm. That no one no one forced a fucking gun barrel down these developers' throats and were like use the back touch and use the gyro and use the camera and it's like that's their I'm that's sure their they pro- were at, in the beginning telling them it would help them if they did. I'm sure, awesome that, I'm sure that did. would help. Yeah, I'm sure that. But there were launch games that didn't do any of that, yeah. so it's not like it was a it was a it was a prerequisite. Sure, sure. I'm not saying it was. So I don't I don't necessarily agree with uh, with that. But I mean, it would be nice if they went and redesigned the Vita, but they're not going well, they're not, to. No, no. I, I'm not. And that's the thing. I'm not even talking about a redesign of the Vita. I'm talking about from square one, day one. They were like, this is how it should have been. Getting rid of the the back touchpad is the only thing I would remove. I, and maybe even the camera. Everything else oh, would have been the camera for sure. Yeah. Uh, everything. I mean, unless the camera is like a nice camera, but it's not. So just no. get rid of it. But the front touchscreen, it's I three think megapixels. It's totally fine. I don't have no problem with that at all. Okay. I, the only thing I don't I don't agree with with the Vita design in terms of the front touch UI is like why we can't use the buttons too. Well, like, you can now. Oh, can you? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't you can, that, that's what I'm saying is you can already. Yeah, you can already do. Oh, all I don't. Stuff even, I don't do that at all. Yeah. I mean, I just. I mean, it works, but yeah. I, I know that that was a problem for some people. I don't remember yeah. that ever being instituted. So yeah, it's it's. I don't actually play my Vita. So. <laughs> You're just a creature of habit, Colin. Speaking yes. of habits, Greg Way, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. Let me get here on my... Wake uh, up. Put on a little makeup. I just crossed fade away. The, I just crossed fade. Okay, that's enough. You know the song I'm talking about, though? I do. System of a Down, yo. <clears throat> Where is it? Here it is. Greg, there are 17 items on the list. A baker's dozen. 17 items. Number one. PlayStation 4's price drop in the U.S. is official and it is glorious. As of October 9th, the console will cost $349.99, so it's already $349.99, as opposed to $399.99. Certain bundles will cost more, however, so keep an eye on that if you go out and purchase one. Remember that this was leaked by Target last week, and we talked about it on, on, also known as Target. We talked about it on uh, the podcast last week. Uh, so the price drop is official. Now, people note that the price drop has vacillated in Canada. That is based on, of course, the weak Canadian currency. You can't really blame Sony for that. Um, otherwise, there's really nothing else to say. There's a series of bundles. Some bundles will cost more, as I said. So do keep an eye on that. Yeah. If you buy, if you buy like, you know, bundle X, Y, and Z. Or Isn't whatever. Uncharted the cheapest? Or Uncharted is at $349.99. The game, the console, or the game, the console, controller, hookups and stuff like that. Yeah. Good. It's great. Early, I mean, we were talking about this last time. Maybe it was going to be a Paris Games Week announcement, and then it wasn't. It was just there. Yeah, As were, they, te- they tend to do with these hardware announcements. Yeah, you were right. I, 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 I thought they would have plenty of time to have rolled it out in an official capacity at a show and still given people two months to buy their system. But yeah, they did it this way. I thought it was weird. I mean, we get emails from Sony, and that email went out midnight that night. It was like I was like, I don't really understand why you're rolling this out like this. But 
I'd make a bigger deal out of it. Yeah. Oh, I, but I assume that this will be integrated into commercials. Uh, exactly. Like oh, they already Xbox did it. Are, has done. I have not seen a PlayStation commercial. Last night uh, during Walking Dead, they had a PlayStation commercial that was like, it actually opened like the sizzle reel you'd expect at like E3, mm-hmm. where it was like Sacred Symbols came through and then we went through them and saw, an, you know, Uncharted and then Battlefront, then Destiny. And it was like popping up with like, you know, exclusive content here, blah, blah, blah. Cool. I think it's uh, an appropriate price more than an appropriate oh, Call price. Oh, Duty was the other one. $349 is a steal for PS4. I think PS4 is really a dynamic system and has a great library um, already. So uh, if you're waiting for a more more of a price drop, you're no, not going to see it yeah. anytime soon at all. Now, somebody was asking me the other year. day on a podcast, uh, when did I think the redesign was coming? PS4 Slim. You think not this E3, but next? Yeah, I don't. I it's it's too. I think it's too soon. It seems like people are fine with this console. It's not like it's big and bulky. I don't understand like what else they're really going to be able to do to it. Also, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, this is something I saw from somebody, uh, Shinobi, our friend over on Twitter. He got a new PS4. People were talking to him. I was glancing at it, and I believe with this, the new, the, he got the Uncharted bundle, the new bundles, right? That they've gotten rid of this gloss. I think it's all matte now. Really? I think so. I'll 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 verify why we do that. That's interesting. But then, you know, with the new one, that's like what I forget what the new one does. It's it's say it uses less power, it runs quieter, yeah, yeah. or whatever. I think that might be one of the changes they made. He uses less power because it's all matte now. Exactly. This shine ain't cheap. It ain't free. Number two. Greg, would you believe it if I told you that 80% of PlayStation 4 owners have never played Uncharted? Yeah, I, I, I think it sounds high, but I believe it, yeah. Naughty Dog community manager Eric Monticelli, a friend of ours, told MCV that the studio, quote, did a lot of research and discovered that about 80% of the people that own a PS4 have never played Uncharted, period. That was one of the reasons we thought, it, we thought remastering it would be a good idea. The other reason is we decided we wanted to do it, especially when we got The Last of Us remastered done. We thought, oh man, this would be cool if we could go back, end quote. As for the studio's future, Monticelli stated that they're working on one game at a time these days. That's important because they did split into two at one point. Right. And worked on The Last of Us at the same time as Uncharted 2. Um, and then Uncharted 3. Um, but he says, as for the studio's future, Monticelli stated that they're working on one game at a time these days with all hands on deck for Uncharted 4 and then Uncharted 4's DLC. He then floats the possibility that the studio will move over to The Last of Us 2, Jack and Daxter 4 or something else entirely. They are not going to work on Jack and Daxter 4. I think that was tongue in cheek on his part. Um, Although they did, you know, prototype uh, Jack and Daxter 4 back in the day. Uh, The Last of Us 2 is the obvious target. I'm sure that's what they're going to move on to. Yeah. Um, What do you think of that? I I feel like I I just don't understand how 80 million PS3 owners, there are 26, 27 million PS4 owners, 80% of them didn't own a PS3. Mm-hmm. Because I don't understand how a hardcore gamer would have owned a PS3 and not played Uncharted, which is like basically the the pinnacle, like marquee. I can exclusive. I mean, I mean, like when we're saying hardcore, we're painting with a broad brush. What does that mean? Uh, da, 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 da. There's plenty of people who buy it, but I mean, like this is what we're always talking about with the problem with uh, numbered sequels. Is that why well, I didn't play Uncharted Three? Comes out, I didn't play Uncharted One or Two yet. I'm not going to bother jumping in that. I saw it at its friend house. It looks cool, but I'm not going to jump in right now or whatever. You know what I mean? They're they're elite. I don't know. What they're buying it, I guess, for God of War. They're buying it for Gran Turismo. They're buying it for something. You know what I mean? Sure, that's, Gran Turismo. That's a good point. Gran Turismo best selling, better selling than any of the Uncharted games. Yeah. Um. Or The Last of Us. Um. It still seems like a high number. Where was everyone? Yeah. You know, like yeah. I I. PS3 was uh, not it, not the proudest moment for Sony, but it was it, it ended up coming into its own, and I'm I'm just it's is, I'm sorry, and it's eighty percent have never played any Uncharted. That's is what that, it says. Yeah. Yeah, that's the agreement. Okay, because I was going to say Tim's kind of like that, but no, he played Uncharted one. Yeah, he said did a lot of research and discovered that eighty percent of the people that own a PS4 have never played Uncharted. Period. That just seems because you. I guess what I'm saying is the early adopters of PS4 would have been the PlayStation's hardest core fans who right. would have played Uncharted. I just right. think that that number isn't high. Yeah, but you figure even, but I mean, like, I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying that that number is high. 
Sure, but I, I do think that there's a whole wave of people that have been brought in to play PlayStation 4 that weren't playing PS3 on the rig, right? Uh, Damon. Damon bought a PlayStation 4 at launch, right? And he never he didn't, he didn't never owned a PS3. Granted, he worked at IGN, so he brought it back and forth. He played the Uncharted games that way. But I don't know. Something fishy. It sounds high. I agree. I think that what what's interesting to me is I wonder if they did a survey of some sort. I bet you what they did was went into the back-end data for Sony, figured out who pinged the trophy servers for PlayStation 4 games and PS3 games and the crossover, then mm-hmm. went into that and did something that had some sort of algorithm or something that could tell which of the people that own both consoles never ping the trophy servers for Uncharted games. Then you can garner those numbers. That's probably the way they did it. You're, telling, to me, assume something. you're telling me Shuhei Yoshida, they can do all that shit, but you can't change PSN names? That's a good point. I asked, servers, Eric Monticelli over the way, here, fucking spyglass. I on. asked our friend Tidex again, you know, the, 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 know the Twitter. insider on Twitter, are we going to be able to change our PSN names? And he said, yes. So today, no, he's doubling down. I Apparently hear- PSX is the day is the time. There you go. Matt and all Matt PS4. That's that. That is correct. That is the new PS4's thingamajig. Can't really tell. You kidding me? Well, because it's, it's as just, clear as day. Well, because it's it, it doesn't it looks like an it looks like art. Frankly, it doesn't even look like a real mm-hmm. console. It's one of those PlayStation on white photos they put up. Um, by the way, Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. Been playing it. I want to amend something I said oh, about it go. last week. I was talking about how Drake's fortune, the first one, felt a little finicky to me. Finicky, like I don't remember it feeling this way. It ended up being that my controllers kind of fucked up. Oh right, yeah. You the left stick on my controller is like being a little weird because Nate would like move around like in a very jumpy way. And I'm like, I don't remember it feeling like this, but okay. Like, I, but then when I started playing Uncharted two, I was like, it's still like this. And I, an hour in, I was like, I switched my controllers and it's fine. You're like, ah, there you go. So I, I played Uncharted it. with a broken controller. Um, platinum Uncharted Drake's Fortune on Friday. Platinum Uncharted among two Among Thieves on Sunday. Thank you. Working on three now. I platinum Lego Dimensions Friday. Very good. Thank you. Good for you. Was it hard? No. Easiest Lego Platinum there's ever been. Yeah, the Platinum's usually pretty tough. 19 hours this time around, you, as opposed to like the 32 it's taking me the past. I Platinumed Lego, ba- Lego Batman and that was a Vita 2 one. on Vita. That one, I, I gave up on that one. That, I got to that, the last one, I forget what it was, but it was something like beat up a million dudes or whatever, and I was like, this fucking sucks. No, thank you. Yeah, that wasn't a good use of my time. Number three, Will Until Dawn get a sequel? It better. It seems entirely possible. In a conversation with PlayStation Lifestyle, developer Supermassive Games executive producer Pete Samuels was asked about how the game was performing, to which he said, quote, It's definitely surpassed expectations. I think that's already been stated in other interviews and reports of significant retail outlets running out of stock during the first week after its... uh, this is an awful sentence. I think that's already been stated in other interviews and reports of significant retail outlets running out of stock during the first weeks after release kind of supports that. I hate that sentence. End quote. He was also asked about what... Calm down. It's okay. He didn't mean the sentence didn't mean to hurt you. He was also asked about what the studio was working on next and if they were working on Until Dawn too. Here's what he said. Quote, I think that you should expect the team to build on what we've done with Until Dawn, whether it's in the horror or other genres. We're already working on one thing that does that whilst exploring other avenues for our teams in anticipation of them finishing their current projects. We do talk internally about what Until Dawn 2 could be, as it clearly can't be a sequel in the traditional sense with some of the characters facing the same threat, not least of which because in different stories, some or all of them are already dead. We've investigated other ways we could do Until Dawn 2, but it probably is a little early to be discussing that. Mm -hmm. Greg, that's the end of the quote. Greg, what are your thoughts on that? It's never too early to discuss what comes next. But it has to be. They have to keep going. Like you keep saying, like you've been banging the drum on it since you beat it originally. Like this is for sure a series for them. You know what I mean? It's interesting that stores are out of it. You know what I mean? You can't get your hands on it in some places. It went too fast. It's awesome to see games like that. That I feel like we only hear about 
the ones that underperform a lot. You know what I mean? Or, okay, Call of Duty sold a bajillion copies. Who didn't see that coming? You know what I mean? To see a game like this come out, it reminds me of like when DC Universe came out and like they couldn't keep it in store. Nobody expected that game to do anything and suddenly there was a movement for it, right? This is a game that you know you've been saying for a long time is awesome you know what i mean like that you've had your eye on and then we started playing it and we did a bunch of stuff with it and i was like okay cool i hope it comes together and it was one of those rare ones where we did that let's play it wasn't running great so i was a bit like Meh. you're like i still see something in it and then it came on it it actually came together usually it's the opposite right i hope this one comes together is code for this game is fucking fucked up and it came on it didn't so yeah should they do another one of course should it be another hero game uh, horror game yeah i don't i definitely think they should get a new cast in there they should do something oh, yeah. different yeah. Damn, get out there and have fun yeah, I don't. I, I I think this game surprised Sony, and I'll say it again that I don't think they expected it to do this well. Clearly, they didn't overperform, but I don't think they expected it to be critically received the way it was received mm-hmm. either. I don't know what their mock reviews were saying or what their internal barometer on it was. I know it was in development hell for a little while in the sense that it was not even development hell. It just was redesigned and reworked for PS4 because um, it was a PS3 move game originally, as people may remember um, when it was revealed many years ago. Um. But the game's very good. It's as I said on Colin and Greg Live today. It is the sleeper hit of the year for mm-hmm, sure, mm-hmm. and um, I think that it's uh, it's obvious. I think that they're talking about it now because Sony's probably being like, "We want to lock you down now and do this." Uh, you know, Sony owns until dawn. They don't. Uh, Supermassive doesn't. Uh, but it makes sense. Like I would roll that out every other year if you could, and just sure. and just have a horror series that is you know just another story, new characters. They have the engine and they know what they're doing, and they can probably clean some things up. But I think it's a it's a, gr- a great idea. I don't think you want to abandon a franchise, a potential franchise like that. They better for sure. They better think twice if they're if Sony better if they don't want to do another one. I still think they blundered by not marketing it, and uh, I think that they're gonna have a um a nice opportunity to remarket it uh, around Halloween. Yeah, but that's um, times now, man. Those commercials should be airing. You know what I mean? They should be pushing it hard. Yeah, they should be. Because um, I think that it's, I think that the ceiling hasn't been hit for that game yet. I don't think people even know about it. Yeah. Um, number five. Could Horizon Zero Dawn, the upcoming PS4 exclusive from Sony owned Guerrilla Games, be the next big Sony IP? It seems Sony may believe so if the words of David Evans, SEEE's licensing manager, hold any weight. And a conversation with licensing.biz, which I know is one of your favorite. I websites. hit it up every day. He noted that, quote, the epic feel of the game, its breathtaking visuals, strong character development, imaginative combat sequences, and the marketing weight of the PS4 release all combine to make this a hot property for 2016. Guerrilla Games have created a lush post-apocalyptic world that players simply won't want to leave. And licensed merchandise offers consumers a way to extend that extraordinary experience into their everyday lives. End quote. Greg does... This indicate that Horizon could be the next big thing from Sony. Yeah, it also is a little bit of cart in front of the horse. You know what I mean? Like it, there's that fear to it of like getting on too early, thinking you. I mean, it's the now we're dealing with the opposite of Until Dawn. Nobody, you know, we've seen a little bit of this game, and oh, it's it's clearly going to be amazing. It's going to come right through. Da da da. I kept, you know, on Connor Live when we talked about this, I brought up the order. Like right, like at first glance, did people think maybe this way about the order? Did they start kicking that around? You know what I mean? It's maybe like, I, I the first time we saw the order, it looked like shit. Sure. But I'm talking about internally or whatever. But I understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the concern. when you get out and try to make something a thing before something just becomes a thing on its own. They, you know what I mean? It's a mm. chicken or the egg kind of thing. Mm. They could. I, I, I would say based on the groundswell of support from E3, the debut that game had, the way people got behind it, the way you say behind closed doors, it looks and that it's way further along and is in a great place. It seems like they're in a, they're going to be okay. It seems like they're not going to get crazy. When they talk about this merchandising stuff and apparel, 
That's all well and good. What does that mean? Does that mean it's going to be in Target and Hot Topics, or does it mean it's going to be on gear.playstation.com, which I assume everything is. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I think that this particular quote was... Pro- I don't want to say it was taken out of context, because it's not. The context is clear. I don't think it was meant for us, and I think someone found this quote at a licensing not bit. It's clearly a marketing website. People at marketers talk yeah, to each other about yeah. it. I don't know that it was a quote that was necessarily meant for consumption by games press and therefore the general gamer. Sure. Because I don't know that it, they would say what would, what else would they say? Oh, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be a no flop future. and has no future and won't be a franchise. <laughs> I think this is clearly going to be a franchise if they do it right, and I think that you know this is probably the game girl will work on for the next ten years. Yeah, um, or the franchise. But I will say, yeah, what I saw behind closed doors is very compelling. The game on the the comparison to order internally. I don't know how they felt about the order. They're not stupid. I think that they knew the there was something wrong with the order from the very beginning. Mm. Um, and there was something wrong with the order from the very beginning. And I will say, again, I fucking called it. I hate that people people gave me so much shit about that with the sure, order. I'll never forget deal. that as long as I live. I was one of the only people that wrote a negative preview out of that 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 reveal, and everyone was everyone was like calling bashing me for it. I'm like, the game the game looks like shit. What do you want from me? But lo and behold. Um <laughs> so I think that they can't say anything but that publicly. Yeah. Whether you're a marketing, whether you're a PR, whether you're a developer. Um but I do think when I think about and I talked about in the past that I think what's exciting about Sony's first parties is that we don't know what a lot of them are working on. So the, the, the future is very mysterious. We don't really know what Santa Monica is doing, presumably another God of War game. We don't know. I would have loved to see that canceled game if they had working for a while. The sci-fi one. Um, I'm still hoping someone leaks that at some point. Um, but yeah, we don't know what Sucker Punch or what a lot of people are doing. And that's what's exciting. Bend. But out of the things we do know, The Last Guardian is going to be a standalone title. Uncharted's over now with four. Um... Bloodborne, I assume, will live on. I bet you we get a sequel to Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, you'd hope so. Um, but, and until dawn, we'll probably get a sequel. But these are kind of more second party games. Horizon's the only one that I, I identify so far that's been announced where I'm like, this is something that is going to be huge. This could be a very big game. They have to execute on it properly. When I saw it behind closed doors, the game wasn't running. I mean, it's it's long out. It's a year and a half out. The game wasn't running that well, but uh, draw distance problems, some texture popping, if I remember correctly. But, Overall, like uh, the, the mechanics were very sound and the way that they played that sequence compared to the way they played it, you know, for pu- public consumption was very different. So I'm excited. I mean, that's I I can't fucking wait to play that game. Yeah. I hope they nail 2016. I think they're going to. I think mm-hmm. they need you think that that's game. the fall game. Yeah. Okay. I think they need it. I like that idea. <clears throat> Number six. Number six. Square Enix may just be interested in localizing more of their niche titles, but you may have to help. And the latest Game Informer has passed on by GameSpot. Square Enix CEO Phil Rogers had the following to say, quote, it's a topic that comes up a lot and we understand why it does to a great extent in a really positive way. We're absolutely humbled that we have this loyal and dedicated fan base that wants to give us feedback. We're constantly working with the teams in Tokyo to show them this and to work with them there. The simple truth is is that in some ways, the development process and the tools, it's not always an easy undertaking to reopen a game and add localization subsequently. But I think as we go forward with the way the group is working technically and the way it's uh, now thinking globally, I'm really hoping that in the next 10 years, localization is seen as pleasing all of our fans because it's truly global and the methods in which we can localize now are vastly improved. That's the end of his first quote. He's then asked about crowdfunding specifically to make this happen. And he says the following quote, I think it's a really interesting idea. I would love to try and work with that to find a way because ultimately we want to satisfy the demands of the fans. I think also our fans are very rational. They understand if we explain things, they often go, oh, I get that now. Thanks for explaining. They know it's complex or very expensive, and it's not as simple as you say, as using Google Translate. To get that essence of it actually translated requires the amount of resources. To see if fans want to sign up for it and say, this is the absolute demand for it, and we can set targets and say, if we achieve that, then we can do it. I think that's a relationship that seems very natural to build. 
I'd love to see how we get that to work. End quote. What do you think of that? Because that rubs me the wrong way. I, as I said before, and I'll say it again. It's a bad look for Square, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I think that on the scale of Square, as big as this company is, there are these little games that people would love to have, but financially, it, they're not going to turn a big enough profit for Square to give two fucks. So if it comes down to, the only way for us to even possibly think about doing this is if you guys cover the translation cost. It Again, shitty fucking look for a huge company to say that, but it is real business. It is real dollars and cents of like, this is what the overhead we would make, or this is what we clear on it. This is our profit from it, and it doesn't make sense for us unless you cover that cost. I mean, I, I don't think, I would never advise them to do this. I would be like, no, just let your games fucking sit in stasis because you're only going to end up, it's going, what's really going to happen is, and this is probably what happened with this headline is, you're, the kids who really, like me, let's say I really wanted this JRPG from them, right? And it's me and a few thousand people. We'd be excited maybe. It's like anything else. There'd be different opinions. I'll say the majority of them be like, cool. Like I love how he puts it on him. I love how he puts it on. Well, our fans are smart. Our fans understand. Our fans. So he's already building and shoring up this argument so that if anybody throws a rock at it, you don't understand. You're not a fan. Da, 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 da. I think enough people who really want this niche thing would say it, but then the overwhelming majority who has no interest in this would flog them and be like, why are you nickel and diming your, your kids, your you know, money grubby, grubby uh, company, da 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 da. Well, we talked about this earlier. You made an interesting point and you made it again that companies on the scale of Square Enix don't want to make little bits of money. They need to make a certain amount of money. Yeah. So if they look at a project and they're like, we can make a one or 2% profit, that's not worth it for them or five or even a right, 10% profit, right. not worth it for them. They don't want to do that because it's not because they don't want to make money. It's because they say like, we can use these resources to make 20% profit doing something else or 25% profit. And that's, and that's kind of their goal. Um, but there's a problem with that. So, so sure. they're not working on, they're not working on, uh, you know, one of the examples I always use is supermarkets. Supermarkets work on very, very small, like two, three, 4% margins. Right. Yeah. So like they have no room for failure that, that their margins are very small. Squares are bigger. Obviously a lot of companies are bigger than that. But there's a problem with that argument. The problem is that if they don't want to use the resources to make money or break even or even lose money, then what is the point of them crowdfunding it at all? Because they're still going to have to use those resources and they're going to get their money ahead of time and they'll cover the cost of it for a small group of people and maybe make a little bit of money on the top when they sell it at retail or whatever. In other words, the profit margin is the same whether they fund it themselves or whether the people buy it ahead of time. They're going to make the same amount of money anyway. It's just the argument doesn't really make much sense when you think about it in that respect. You understand mm, what I'm saying? Like a bit, yeah. Like say there's ten thousand people that are interested in this game. Sure. Say ten thousand of them therefore go to Kickstarter and raise, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars to localize, you know, whatever fucking Japanese game. That's not worth it for for Square getting that money ahead of time any more than it would have been getting that money on the back end. In other words, the amount of but, money is, is really small. But here's the thing: I think you're missing. Are they double dipping? It might just be that you're oh, paying sure. for localization, then you're buying the game. On I'm top sure. Of it. No, but that's exactly what it is. But the point is, is that there. The point is, is that those ten thousand people exist, and they're going to buy the game, and you're going to. And if you and if you make it for them, then other people are certainly going to buy it. So whether you kickstart it or fund it yourself, the overhead is the exact same, and the profit margin is the same. It's not. It's not mitigating risk for a company. That's why companies like Square Enix shouldn't use Kickstarter at all because they don't have any risk to mitigate. Mm. You know. You know. Does that make any sense? A little bit, but not really. I mean, like they're still. Put, it's still. If I if it cost me. $10,000 to localize the game and I get $10,000 from these other people and I put that towards them aren't I banking the extra $10,000 um, it's suddenly $10,000 I'm not spending on this game that's going into it but it's suddenly $10,000 you're not getting in the back end but I'm saying you're re-nickeling dime them so you're making them buy the game yeah I, I, I guess but it's six of one half dozen of the other to me Okay. Well, on a scale, on a, on a, on that small scale, absolutely. The point is, is that Square Enix is the point is that those resources need to be used. They're going to make no money on it, 
and they're just getting the money from Kickstarter instead of funding. I mean, it's themselves. one of those things. Honestly, I think it's all a pipe dream. I don't think anybody would ever do this. So it's like I think it would be a really disastrous thing for them. Yeah, they would look terrible doing it. And what you're talking about are the financials. No matter what, they're not making a gajillion dollars off of this. The one point he makes that I think is very interesting for at least Square Enix's pipeline is that, and I think this is kind of he doesn't say it out explicitly, but he does say it, he does imply it is that when they start making a game in pre-pro or when they start making a game, there is already a localization pipeline for it. So in other words, he says. So in other words, they know well before they announce that these games are coming west that they're coming west. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's not a huge surprise, but he says, let me see if I can find it. The simple truth is that in some ways, the development process and the tools, it's not always an easy undertaking to reopen a game and add localization subsequently. Which I think is an interesting admission. Saying it's already been closed yeah. and we know there's going to be in there. So what he's saying is that the, the from what I mean, he's not saying it. So I my, my what I think he's saying is that they know or they don't know. Like Dragon Quest is coming out, for instance, this week. Dragon yeah. Quest Heroes. The, the Musou from Omega Force and they that's coming out here and it won't probably sell that well here but they already knew that they were going to translate mm-hmm. it you have to assume yeah that way that in other words they probably get the Japanese script to the guys ahead of time that are now localizing it because as we talked about on Colin and Greg live I don't think what a lot of people realize is that the localization process is quite strenuous which is what he was saying it's not as easy as finding someone that speaks Japanese and English and then translating it the translation is the easy part. You got to go through and rewriting re- it. remove j- jokes that don't make sense to an American audience, put in a joke that makes sense, remove something that's culturally relevant to Japan, put in something that's culturally relevant to the Westerners. Right. It's it's complicated. There, people that localize are really writers. They're not just like yeah. translating. In fact, I, I, I know, we know localization writers and, yeah. and the localization writers, I know, don't even speak any other language other than English. They get the, the raw English dump. Yep. I think Drucker. Yeah, Drucker did this. Yeah. For uh, he did Kid Icarus, yeah. Number seven. Three new modes have been revealed for the eagerly anticipated upcoming multiplayer shooter Star Wars Battlefront. The modes are called Hero Hunt, uh, Cargo, and Droid Run. Hero Hunt is a seven-on-one mode. Cargo is essentially Capture the Flag. And Droid Run is an objectives-based mode. And then number eight, speaking of Star Wars Battlefront, mm-hmm. a $50 season pass has been revealed by EA and DICE. According to EA, the season pass will include four individual expansion packs, a special shoot-first emote, which is a reference. Han Solo. And early access to the new content being rolled out for a season pass holders. No one knows the exact nature of what these pieces of content will be once they're rolled out. I'm not so worried about the the, the modes because I don't care about any of that. The What I am curious about is what you think about the season pass. Sure. $50 season pass because some pe- people are losing their minds over of this again. Of course they on the are. Internet. It's the internet. It's the internet and it's a season pass. Microtransactions, day one DLC, season pass. These are all horrible words you can't say anymore because clearly they're evil and horrible and wrong. They have to uh, figure out a new way, to, a new name, like a like a new speak <laughs> version of it. Uh, the bonus uh, bonus content after the fact that you pay us for. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing as always. Buyer beware. Look into what you're getting and see if that's enough for you. People just It's a great time to announce it. They just had that beta. Everyone I've talked to loved it, had a great time with it. You played it. You enjoyed yourself. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, watching the Let's Play, I was like, damn, this is a good looking game. It is. Some people are really down on it, but I, I don't I don't think that matters. The game's going to do fine. Yeah. People are going to buy that season pass. Hell yeah, they are. Um, Yeah. I, again, $50 seems a, a big ask for me. Yeah. I think that publishers have to be a little more forthcoming in order to mitigate this specific uh, problem. I've used the word mitigate twice, I think, today. Nailing it, dude. Um, In the sense that at first blush saying like, yeah, we have a $50 season pass and it's going to have four things in it and you'll find out later. Right. That's not, I don't, I don't think that works. Yeah. You should just not even say anything at that point. Just put the season pass up when the game comes out. Or don't even put it out until the first piece of content's out and then say like, well, you can buy the content for $14.99 yep. or you buy the season pass and you say 10 bucks or whatever. Um, so I think it's messaging that's part of the problem. Values in the eye of the beholder. Right. 
But as we talked about with Batman Arkham Knight, which we'll talk about in a little while, um, not this specific point, but the WB uh, stuff. But, 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 but about WB, correct, is that value truly is in the eye of the beholder. And mm-hmm. I think that people feel ripped off by Warner Brothers for Batman's season pass, generally. And I think that you have to wait to see if you are feeling going to feel ripped off by this $50. Exactly. Thing. That's the whole thing. You won't know until it's all out. There's no way to possibly say if you feel ripped off or not. And as people have said online, and as I've said many times, you want to send EA a message? Don't buy the game. Don't buy the season pass. But you will not have the fortitude to do either of those things. Why can't you just not buy the season pass if you don't like season passes? Well, because then you're gonna buy you're gonna buy the content, and you're just gonna pay more for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. The season. You mean don't buy the add-on content? It, well, don't buy anything okay. if you want to really send them a message. But what if I want that game? I just don't like season passes. You're in between a rock and a hard place. That's what I'm saying. That's I mean, the way. There's no way for anybody to win, Colin. No, there is a way for they you to win. To Twitter, it just takes. It just takes. They complain and they just walk away. That's the. the but there is that's a way. The way there win. is a way to win. It happens in many other markets. You know, in many other in in, in consumer markets and, and and everywhere. You know, you buy uh, Tropicana orange juice and you don't like it. You don't buy Tropicana orange juice anymore. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't know why you would buy Tropicana orange juice and not like it because it's fucking immaculate. But it's all pasteurized and beautiful, and there's no pulp unless you want. Oh, you get the no pulp kind. Oh, that guy. Yeah. I don't want pulp. Why not? It's a little, it's it's a little bonus. No, it's, that's like it's like my mom just squeezed this orange in here. A little pulp, a lot of pulp. There's like all sorts of options. Yeah, but the point is, is that if you bought like a, a, a sh- if you went to McDonald's and you had like a shitty experience, you might not go back to McDonald's. But we don't treat game publishers and developers the same way, and I don't necessarily blame you because it's exciting to play these games. But if you want to send a message, and you have to send a message in the only place that it counts, and it counts in the pocket, they do not care. Do you think? I'm, I'm sure we we talked. Peter Moore is a, a great guy. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about, you know, the unfortunate nature of them being chosen as the worst, uh, yeah, company, worst company by a consumerist yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm sure they care. And I'm sure that affects them like internally. But you know what they care about the most is the money they're making, the gratuitous amount of money they're making. Mm-hmm. And if you don't send them a financial message, I, 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 they could be. I, I bet you if you ask Peter Moore, would you rather be the worst company in, in, in America but not make money? Or would you rather be considered the worst company in America and make lots of money? I wonder what he would choose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, all I'm saying is that this might not be the, the necessary target for your, you know, admonishment. But people have to remember if they don't like the techniques that certain publishers employ that to not reward them financially. And the problem is, is that the $50 for the season pass and the $65 for the game, that $110 is all going to go in the same pool. It doesn't matter how you judge it. So you have to, you know, if you really hate EA's tactics, then don't buy their games. If you really hate Sony's tactics, don't buy their games. If you really hate Activision's tactics, don't buy their games. But Otherwise, the, nothing will change. The big thing I think you're saying there that is the reason why it won't happen is if you really hate. No, nobody really hates any of these things. I talk about, all, oh man, I, I, what, what do I hate? What do I say? I say, uh, I hate soccer. I don't hate soccer. Whatever, I don't like soccer. It's not my thing. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. It's not like I then don't I, buy FIFA. I pass. I don't buy FIFA. I'm voting with my wallet, EA. But you know what I mean? That's the whole thing. Oh, I hate Activision. How they you know, buy all their stuff? So you're still excited for Destiny. And you're buying that content. Well, Mass Effect things. is still my favorite example. Yeah, people are losing their fucking minds over Mass Effect Three, and Mass Effect Andromeda is going to sell millions of copies. Yep. But that's the whole thing, because you don't hate Bioware, and you don't hate EA. You don't. And hate, you really didn't even hate Mass Effect Three. You didn't hate. You disliked <laughs> the ending. The ending didn't work for you. You know what I mean? Mass Effect 3 is a great game. Number nine. Sony has revealed the best-selling games on the PlayStation Network for the month of September 2015. The top 10 best-selling games on PS4 were in order. Destiny. This is a surprise to me. Uh, Destiny, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, FIFA 16, NBA 2K16, Madden NFL 16, NHL 16, Rocket League, 
Mad Max, Until Dawn, Grand Theft Auto V. Those are the top 10. Before we even move on to the other consoles, what do you make of that? Destiny beat Metal Gear. Metal Gear had the whole month. Right. As did Mad Max. This is digital buys, right? Yeah, digital buys. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense because people already own Destiny, so they want the Taken King, so they're downloading the Taken King. It's kind of a loaded thing, but I mean... But this doesn't... Is the Taken... So, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Taken King's counted as DLC, right? I mean... I don't know. Is it? Just checking your, your uh, thing there. You're going to look into it? Yeah, I'll look into it for you. Okay. But anyway, I mean, regardless. I don't, either way, I mean, it's one of those... It's got to... Mm, that's a good question. It's got to have some kind of connection there. I think there is a, an obvious connection. It's that you you are interested in Destiny and everyone's saying that it's not bad anymore or whatever. But so many people bought Destiny at launch and since then. You know I what think I mean? that a lot of people are playing this game. Yeah, but I'm... Well, let me see. Death, the Taken King is counted separately as an add-on. Interesting. And it was the best seller on PS3 and PS4. Mm, okay. Well, I guess people are buying their Metal Gear disc via disc. Yeah. I don't... I mean, I'm I'm sure that pound for pound Destiny was did outsell Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Pain, because... That month, just even in retail, just because cumulatively, because Destiny is so much bigger than everything else. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a, an illustration of how poorly Metal Gear did. Obviously oh sure, did sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Metal Gear. That's fine. not the point. Yeah. I was happy to see Mad Max at number eight. Game of the game of the Where century. We at We're at century now. Shit. Um, until dawn, holding on. Nice. Number nine. I was the the, the FIFA sixteen, NBA two K sixteen, Madden NFL sixteen, NHL sixteen crunched in there what was interesting somebody pointed out in chat and Connery Live when we were talking about this is that this is the first time in forever that Minecraft was in the top 10 so oh, they got bopped down interesting yeah. PlayStation 3 top selling but uh, 10 top 10 best selling games in order Destiny FIFA 16 The Last of Us Minecraft Red Dead Redemption Pro Evolution Soccer 2016 Grand Theft Auto 5 Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain Goat Simulator Oh, Okami Simulator. HD Okami HD and then Vita top 10 best selling games in order this is a real hodgepodge. Wait until you hear this. Metal Gear Solid 3, the uh, Snake Eater HD. Sure, get ready. Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. Really? Oh, Minecraft. Sale. Borderlands 2. Hyperdimension Neptunia U. Danganronpa, another episode Ultra Despair Girls. Heroes of Loot, which I still have to play. And the Ratchet and Clank Collection. Interesting. Top 10 best-selling PS classics in order. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Persona 4. Psychonauts. Tomba. Mega Man Legends, Wild Arms, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, Capcom vs. SNK2, Metal Gear Solid, and Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. And as far as DLC, Destiny and Call of Duty basically dominated the PS4 and PS3 yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good month. You could definitely tell, apart from PS4, that the PS3 and definitely Vita largely driven by sales at this point. Yeah, of course. When you see Assassin's Creed Liberation <laughs> pop up, yeah, I'd say so. I wanted to like that game. Yeah, we all did. Number 10. I don't know if you saw this. We didn't talk about this. Okay. This kind of flew under the radar for me. Okay. PlayStation 4 is finally getting an official remote control. Sony has revealed the PS4's universal media remote, which will be available in late October. I did not see that. It connects via Bluetooth and can also work with TVs, cable boxes, and audio receivers, so you can program it. It will be fully compatible with Netflix, NFL Sunday Ticket, HBO Go, Twitch, YouTube, and more at launch, and will cost $29.99 at retail. Will you buy one? No, but it's inter- I'm interested to look at it, of course. It looks like the PS3 one. Oh, okay. The Verge has got me here. Mm, official remote control. No, I, w- I won't buy one, but good on them for finally getting it out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Number 11. Video game voice actors have voted overwhelmingly to authorize their union, SAG-AFTRA, to strike if necessary, if necessity calls for it, rather. 96.52% of members voted in favor of the referendum. SAG-AFTRA states that, quote, it is important to note that the referendum does not mean that the members are on strike. Rather, it gives the national board the authority to declare a strike. 
A 75% yes vote was required to give the national board that authority, end quote. They will go back to the table with the publishers to talk about this. Have we talked about this on the show? What, what's on going this on this show? Yeah. No. What do you think of this of this strike and or this this not strike, but this stance because they're not striking this stance that they've taken? 96.52 is percent is a huge right. majority. They didn't need that. They got 21.52 percent more than they I think. Needed. I think this whole thing was inevitable. If you're not following along, they basically want what cartoon voice actors get. Right. They want royalties in the back end. If a game does really well, they want money. And it's, like we've said before, the numbers aren't that outrageous. Right. It's five million. They want. They want royalties of, of un, uh, unspecified royalties, as far as I understand, yeah. at two, four, six, and eight million units sold. Okay. Which are big numbers. Yeah, For most games, games will not hit those numbers. Exactly. The big games will hit it. And so I don't think that's crazy. I don't want... Th- we talk about there being a brain drain or talent drain, right? Where it's like, well, I, if I if a really talented voice actor is looking at gigs and two want them and one's a cartoon and one's a game, why wouldn't they go for the cartoon, right? They want that money. They want that. I want the better performances. I want people to feel like they're getting... If people love making games, I want them to feel like they're being rewarded for making games too. You know what I mean? And then the argument, of course, counter-argument, is the fact that, you know, de- developers aren't necessarily getting this deal. Some are. Some have deals. Some have, you know, different uh, agreements with publishers or whatnot for kickbacks on sale numbers. But the developer works for two, three years on it, whereas a voice actor pops in and does a few weeks of work, a few months of work, whatever, and then they're out, right? But there's something to be said for what Nolan North brings to Drake, the, the embodiment and the character he's built there, right? Like, you can make the character and the landscapes and the environments and all these different things. But like, until you put that spark in it, is it really Nathan Drake? Is it anything like there's a difference? Obviously like Mega Man who has none of that stuff is Mega Man period. Like the developers do all of that. They make that, that thing. But when we're talking about the kind of performances, whether it's, you know, now with halo, whether it's, you know, infamous, whether it's uncharted, there's something to be said for the human element that comes in there and makes Mm. that special. Yeah, I agree. It's a conundrum because the, the it's true that most publishers and develop well, most developers. I'm not going to speak of the publishers. Don't necessarily have deals with their publishers to get royalties and stuff like that. Some do, and we, the as we've talked about the off talked about 85 Metacritic bonus that New Vegas uh, developer Obsidian lost out on because they settled in 84, whatever they lost yeah. millions of dollars. Um, the the thing that people have to compa- they have to compartmentalize this stuff. If the public, if the developers want that, then they have to fight for it. It's not right. up to the voice right. actors to fight for them any more than it's up for the to the voice act for the studio to fight for the voice actors. Um, they're doing different kinds of things. It, this is most akin in my mind to everyone's like, well, it's not fair. The guys work on the games for two and three years, and I'm like, there's no doubt about it. We have a lot of developers that listen to this podcast, and and we and, and they work hard, and they and they they toil away, and they lose. It affects relationships and affects health. Yep. Families. They really go crazy over these games. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the stories of crunch that you hear in this in this studio in this uh, industry, especially, are, are horrifying. But it's a necessity. It's up to them to fight, and yeah. I hope that they do. And uh, and they get you know some money on the back end. But there's 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 pitfalls. There's an opportunity cost to this. The opportunity cost isn't only that if the the voice actors don't get their deal that we're going to lose talent. There's going to be a brain drain in the industry because there certainly will be. I wouldn't, you know, if like you said, if Troy Baker can do a commercial or a or a cartoon or something like that yeah. or a game, why would he do the game? Right. Um. If he because he's going to, you know, if he, if you know, it's like Rob Paulson does Turtles, he's going to get money for the rest of his life for yeah. something that yeah. he did, and he deserves it. But then the argument is like, well, the guys that drew it don't get any of that, and I'm like, again, they have to fight for themselves. But it's also worth noting that you could use that argument in movies, like, well. Brad Pitt will get eight, ten, twelve million dollars for a picture. He's films for a month and or three weeks, and he's gone. Meanwhile, the guys that made the sets are there for months. The guys that have to edit it, yep. blah blah blah, yep, they yep, don't yep. get paid nearly as much. But I'm like, he's the star, and he's the draw. You guys worked hard behind the scenes, but no one knows who Joe Schmo, you know, the the grip is. Yeah, 
unfortunately, maybe they should know who he is, but any more than the guy knows, well, this this engine's really good, but they're not thinking about the guy that made the engine. They're thinking about Nathan Drake. Yeah. And so it's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. I wish that we treated game developers like the rock stars that they are, but they're just not. And there's some corollary, like some pre- like some precedent to in TV and movies sure. and stuff where it's like the star of the show is the star of the show. It's, and what's interesting about what you just said there, right, is in the Brad Pitt uh, analogy is the fact that he's the star. And it's like, I don't think that's one of the things they're fighting for right now that I think they're honestly trying to get in on the ground floor and build a foundation for that. I don't think yet there is, Oh, it's a Troy Baker game. I'm going to pick that up. You know what I mean? That it's exciting for us, but not for everybody. But I was talking to voice actors when I was down there doing that SAG panel where I went down and hosted a panel for developers and actors who were talking about how they can come together and collaborate better. And they were talking about one of them was talking about the fact that, you know, He's been brought in, he's been scanned, and they wouldn't sign off on if they're going to use his face or not. You know, maybe we will, maybe we won't. And they went back and forth, and finally they were like, we're not going to give you any more. Like, All right. You know what I mean? Like, so now when that game comes out, is it just going to be his face on a poster in the thing? And then, like, people are going to watch it and go, oh, my God, it's Guy X. It's like, uh, remember Call of Duty last year for that one. When it, you're watching that trailer, you're like, oh, that's Troy. Troy's like walking in slow motion. Things are exploding. And then like uh, Battlefield Hardline, it was like, oh, that's Travis Willingham. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. And even right now, we just watched the uh, Halo 5 Guardian stuff, right? And it's like, oh, that's Nathan Fillion. Like, they aren't dressing that up. That's Nathan Fillion in a Spartan outfit. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing right now in terms of like, we're almost there. We're at the tipping point. And so it's like, obviously, it makes sense that this argument's come up, right? I'm like, wh- what a, who are we in terms of voice actors? We're actors. You know I mean? How do we use mocap? How strenuous, how strenuous can a shoot be on my voice that day when I have four others in the same day? Right. The I agree. I think that, unfortunately, I think there's some unreasonable expectation on developers that they work for the art, right? And then the, the other guys, you know, the, the stars work for the money. And yeah. It's not to say they don't work for the art, too, but they just make the money. I think I think there's something unfair about it. I hope that the developers and, and publishers can come together and treat the developers better, too. It's not that said, developers do make, you know, developers of big AAA studios do make a lot of money, a lot of them. So it's not it's not like they're not compensated. It's just that maybe they should be better compensated, but compensated with bonuses and compensated with back end deals. Some of them definitely do, for sure. Um, so I think that that's been lost on it as well. But um, the other thing is like how this will affect the relationship between the developer and the publisher because um, publishers need to make money too. So this is just going to drag down their profits. This and is stuff. back to the Square Enix thing. When we're trying to turn a profit on a video game, what does that profit need to be for this to be financially feasible or at least attractive for us? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, this could cause problems. I hope that they I, I hope they will solve their issues with each other. I think they're going to. At least the actors will with the publishers. And if then, they go on strike, do you want to move to LA and be scabs with me? No. I would never live in LA. M- w- rent an Airbnb and be scabs with me while this goes. We could do every we could do everybody. We could, but Hell goddamn Dorado. But then no one will talk to us again for scabs. Yeah, they won't know. Our voice will be so good that they'll never know. I do want to do a voice in one. I told you that my the only thing I want to do in voice acting, yeah. I, I'm not interested in voice acting, but the only thing I want to do is on like a Marvel game, like a Lego Marvel game or yeah, a Lego yeah. DC game or not even Lego, but just like a, a game with a lot of like obscure villains. Like sure. even like the next Batman movie or, or game or something yeah, from, yeah. from Rocksteady if they do another one. I just want to be one of the obscure villains. Okay. That has like a few You lies. need to be Shocker. There needs to be a Spider-Man game and you need to be Shocker. After you're the one Spider-Man villain you love, Shocker. Show me, show me, show me the moves. You can mocap him. See, yeah. you're ready to mocap Shocker. We should talk to Marvel heroes. Get David Brevik on the phone. See if we can get you in there. That's all I want to do is I just want to be an obscure villain. Everybody tweet at David Brevik. Let no, Colin leave, be shocker. Leave David Brevik alone, please. No, don't. He loves it. Brevik loves tweets. Oh, where are we? Let's see. Here. Number 12. 11. Oh, damn. When will Capcom be ready to talk about Resident Evil 7? It could be soon. Silicon Era transcribed the Japanese publication Dengeki PlayStation 600 volume. 
which had a Q&A section with many developers in the Japanese scene, including Capcom. Resident Evil producer Masachika Kawada was asked about Resident Evil losing its horror touch, mm. to which he said, quote, since there's been more spinoff titles, I can see how it can be perceived in such a way. And of course, I believe that we should produce titles that bring out the horror. I'm thinking about it and also preparing for it. Oh, good. Okay. And I love that. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to start using that. I'm thinking about it. And I'm preparing for it. There's so many translation things that just don't come off the same to us. He was also asked about the future Resident Evil HD titles, to which he said that, uh, quote, they'd like to respond as much to much demand as possible. This is, of course, in light of Resident Evil Remake. They're going to do Resident Evil 2. They're doing Resident Evil Zero. So is there a future for that? And it seems like there probably is. I want them to get to four. I want them to get back to six. Remake six. Remake six. Yeah. yeah. In your vision. Yeah. As for Resident Evil seven, he noted that Capcom, quote, is currently at, isn't currently at a state to talk about it. But please stay tuned. We will. Quote. Elsewhere, Capcom producer Hiroyuki Kobayashi was asked about a new Devil May Cry game or an offline Dragon's Dogma game, noting that Capcom currently has no plans for either. So those are going to be quiet for a while. What they are working on, and I can feel it in my balls, is Mega Man. A reboot? I know it. I know it. And this is your gr- is it your, know it. Is it your gritty reboot or is it just another? Better not because I want to write it. Okay. Just another if side they, If they reboot it with a gritty reboot and it sucks, I'm going to be fucking pissed because I was going to be like, Th- I that could've... was your chance. Well, I'll have another chance because I'll reboot it again. Mm. I, I mean, that's what you said about Bomberman and I'm still waiting. Bomberman? Yeah. I never said anything about it. I don't even like Bomberman. You wanted to write, write the the gritty Bomberman reboot, reboot and then they beat you to it on yeah. the Xbox and that was the end of that. I'm going to get my chance. I'm telling you. Right, I think that I think that there is a you could calculate it's a small chance. Okay. But there's a chance that I will write a Mega Man game. Okay. I believe you already you already did DS playlist, so that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the DS playlist. The I'm part of the reason I say that is I'm so sowing the seed in your own mind and everyone else's minds that it makes sense. Yes, Colin should write Mega Man. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, brother. Hit me up, Capcom. No one can do better than me. No one. I agree. Number 13, the newest character for Street Fighter V, Laura, has been officially revealed after being accidentally leaked by Famitsu last week, and we talked about her. Laura Matsuda is a buxom Brazilian fighter. That's one way of putting it. That uses Matsuda Jiu-Jitsu. She seems to have some electrical attacks akin to fellow Brazilian competitor Blanca. I won't talk too much more about it because I don't know anything about it. Sure. Number 14, speaking of Street Fighter V, will it now focus more on its storytelling in light of the success found by games such as Mortal Kombat X, no. which is very cinematic? It seems possible. Yeah. Hip Hop Gamer interviewed Matt Dahlgren at Capcom as transcribed by GameSpot, noting that he, quote, can't reveal specifics on our story, but I can say we are going to do things differently this time around. We're definitely paying attention to what our competitors are doing and want to raise the bar. Our story content is going to be unique and different from any previous Street Fighter game, end quote. What do you think of that? Okay. I don't think it'll be that different. But then again, I don't know anything about the Street Fighter stories. Fair enough. Do I still punch cars? I bet I do. Probably. There's probably going to be bonus rounds. Number 15. This is a weird one, so stick with me on this I'm one. I'm with you. Jessica Curry, one of the creative forces at British studio The Chinese Room, has announced oh, yes. that she's leaving the company, per se, in an emotional blog post. While she cites unfortunate chronic and serious health issues as one of the driving factors of her leaving for now, and while we wish her the very best, PlayStation gamers may be interested in some of what she wrote concerning the team working with a publisher. And this is the key to it, so I don't want... We're talking specifically about this. Mm-hmm. If you want to read her whole blog post in context, go to The Chinese Room's blog and read it, um, because there's three points she makes, and this is only one of them. The studio's newest game, the PS4 exclusive Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, indicates, indicates that the publisher she's speaking about is Sony, but she does not name them. Here's what she said, quote, This is a tough one to write because I don't want to negatively affect the company. There are lots of amazing people who rely on the Chinese room for their livelihood. So I'll tread carefully and please be aware that I'm speaking entirely on my own behalf now. 
Working with a publisher made me extremely unhappy and very ill. In the end, I didn't even recognize myself anymore. I had turned from a joyful, fun-loving, creative, silly, funny person into a short-tempered, paranoid, unhappy, negative heap. So much of that stress that I experienced was caused by what I see as a desperately toxic relationship that I was in. I can't go into detail here for the reasons above, but what I can say is that I look back at the way we were treated and it still makes me shake my head with disbelief. Big business and the creation of art have always been extremely uncomfortable bedfellows and making Rapture proved to be no exception for me. I don't want to do this anymore. In fact, I can't do it. I want to surround myself with honest, open people whom I can trust. I've heard so many people say, well, this is just the way publishers are and this is what the games industry is like. What I would say to that is while we are all accepting this, while we are also afraid to challenge this behavior, then it won't change and we all deserve nothing but the meager crumbs we are thrown. End quote. What do you make of that? Because that sounds like, I mean, I don't know how you can take it in a way that the Chinese room and Sony had some sort of fucking bad relationship with each other. Yeah. And my thing is, where do you think it was? Is it on the publishing side? They work closely with Santa Monica mm-hmm. too for this, right? So it wasn't just like Sony's putting them on the store or whatever. There was help there too. They pu- they produced it. They published yeah. it. They yeah, own yeah, that IP. Yeah, they yeah, funded yeah. the game. So it's not, yeah, exactly. It's not just like they to, just took, I'm sp- explain, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a valid point. The Chinese room acted as second party in that in the in the in Rapture. Rapture sure. is owned by Sony and it was funded by Sony and it will be a PS4 exclusive. It's not going anywhere. But to me, that's I've the reason I bring this up, and we had talked about this on Colin and Greg a little bit, was that I know lots of people that worked with PlayStation in various degrees, whether they're just publishing their game there, putting their game there, or they're working with them exclusively. And and I've really and it's not these people are honest with mm-hmm. us. We're mm-hmm. talking, you know. Off, off the, the record, record and honestly, and whatever. Yeah, exactly. They largely have nothing but nice things to say about Sony. So, and they're not, again, not blowing smoke. If they had a problem, they would say it. This, I've never heard anything like this before. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you make of that? Do you think that she, she's clearly talking about Sony because she talks about Rapture and Sony is the publisher. Yeah. Um, it, desperately toxic relationship, she calls it. Um, the way I look back at the way we were treated and it still makes me shake my head with this belief like what happened yeah exactly what they wanted I mean you know, is it pushing release dates is it moving them around because the game came out and is people it? liked it yeah exactly and there seems to be no public acrimony that I could tell yeah I've seen the game in public with or in behind closed doors rather at public events with people from both studios and or from the studio and Sony and everyone. it doesn't seem like any any acrimony oh sure not that but you I, see that but sometimes you can see that so so the, the you know it's just an interesting it's one of those where we're painting with such a broad brush i think this could easily be she had a conflict with the person in charge of their production you know what i mean from the sony side or whatever who and because in this they she talks a little bit about being a woman in the industry as well Mm -hmm. right and people assuming that she's just uh the co-founder's wife when she in fact is the other co-founder and she has something to do with this right i'm not yeah that's right yeah Yeah. she's married to the the, the, exactly creative lead so that could easily be part of it that they maybe their representative from sony who's dealing with them directly on a day-to-day basis about the business side of it is not acknowledging her on that level or this that or the other and this is just all hypothetical but i'm saying this i think this could be traced to one person who had power in the relationship so that when you go to you see them at when we go to playstation we saw them at that uh one or you we weren't you were there whatever the one event we go to and they're there and they're sony's there and their reps there and there's pr there like i don't think there's any bad will in you know between those groups when it's really just one person right it's kind of like we don't hate ign but i fucking hate people at ign no i'm just fucking <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah it's interesting if i would i would love to know more about this yeah. but that's not the most important thing the most important thing is she takes care of herself exactly no i'm glad she's getting out and that's the big thing it's i sim- appreciate the candor as well it's similar to what we we've talked about with us right there was like a time for us to go and do this different thing mm-hmm. and we don't want to end up hating everybody and being people we don't want to be exactly um 
yeah, we wish her the very best. Take care of her health and stuff like that. Um, I, and again, I do respect and applaud her candor because in a, in an industry that is very tight, yeah, um, and tightly uh, compacted, and and it's not there's not a lot to say. And it's not like politics where people fucking just shoot off the mouth all the time. Sure, and nothing gets done. Everybody hates everything. Exactly. Um, it's cool to have someone talk honestly about it, but what she's saying here is obvious, and I wonder again how deep it goes into both sides. Yeah. Yeah. What the biggest thing is is that she publishes on the Chinese Room's blog, so company at some they are kind of endorsing it in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. But I don't Mm. know if you caught it there. She said that this is just her and nobody else. No, I know. You have to say that kind of. I know that's the joke. Just like everybody's Twitter is like, "These are just my opinion." So you're fucked if they if anybody's mad at you about your opinion, you're fucked. (laughs) Number sixteen. It seems that Warner Brothers Games publishing arm is having a very successful year so far. While its movies are largely largely struggling this year, its games are selling well. The Wall Street Journal reports that Batman, Arkham Knight, and Mortal Kombat X have each respectively sold 5 million units, while Lego Jurassic World sits at 4 million units. I don't know how you feel about these numbers. That Arkham Knight number seems low to me. Really? Yeah. Seems about right for me. Um, but the install base is not high on these new consoles. Exactly. The PC version's broken. Oh, that's um, problem. They had to refund all those. So there is that. What do you make of these sales? Lego Jurassic World, 4 million. I mean, a lot across a lot of platforms. Sure. That that was the surprising one to see that chart. I'm I can't wait to see NPD next month, right? To see what ha- what what Lego Dimensions has done. If people have adopted that, how it's going, you know what I mean? But like no, WB is one of those publishers I don't think we talk a lot about in terms of like I, I, I like Square comes up all the time, right? And Capcom comes up all the time and obviously Sony for first party stuff and so on and so forth, but like WB always seems to kind of be under the radar, right? It's mm. like we I mean like especially when you figure we talk about um why am I screwing this up? I can see it. Roger Craig Smith. It was your Dying Light. Dying Light was a WB game, right? But like that's mm-hmm. even that gets And the mur- Witcher. That and the Witch yeah, and these things get murky, right? Because it's like, well, you don't think of it that way. Dying Light is by the guys who did Dead Island, which makes you think Deep Silver and then you know, but even that you're talking about the developers so much that you're not talking about, you know, we talk about Rocksteady all the time. But we don't talk about WB in terms of a publisher. I agree with that. They're they're certainly coming into their own um as a public a big publisher that rivals the story talks about ea and action yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, they do it quietly you know what i mean now yeah they don't call i wanted to look this up because they don't call it out explicitly as witcher for instance or dying light being uh games that they, wb published wb has their witcher name for bo- sure is though right well wb interactive entertainment published directly published dying light yeah cd project red is listed as the publisher of the game I don't know what I, I my assumption is that WB is somehow facilitating their ability to get the game. Like is there a logo in the game? I don't remember a WB connection to the Witcher. Not that it doesn't exist. I'm stupid. I you? think I thought I thought for sure that there was. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to look it up because okay. I could be wrong. Look it up. Where does our time Yeah, it's on go? Warner Brothers website. All right. Good. Um, good. Good. So they did something with it. Some shenanigans are happening there. Oh, here's. All right. So this is. CD Projekt Red partners with Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment to bring Witcher 3 Wild Hunt to North America. So the Warner Brothers was basically like the connecting arm from gotcha. to get their, their games in stores. Okay. Okay. Settled. Let Number settled. 17, the final one. The final. Finally, some game release dates and other announcements. Campo Santo's long-awaited Firewatch will come to PlayStation 4 on February 9th, 2016. Very excited about that. Can't wait. Back to the Future's DeLorean will be coming to Rocket League on October 21st. Which is crazy and awesome. The, the day that Marty goes to and Back to the Future 2, of course. Shovel Knight's release, uh, retail release on PS4 and other platforms has been delayed and will now launch on November 3rd for $24.99. And a PS4 port of Darksiders 2 is coming on October 27th and is called the Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition. Definitive, I get it. And that is it 
for the news. Colin, as always, you left one off. This one comes from Famous Custard over at, of course, he's saying he went to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. That's where you can go post questions or in this point, little news stories or little tidbits about yourself uh, for this show. Kindoffunny.com slash PSQ because the show's called PS I Love You. The Q is for questions. It makes sense when you think about it. Sure. Famous Custard said, for a few years now, my longtime gaming buddy has been struggling with a severe form of select mutism, a mental illness which makes him unable to talk when others are present. He has been going through therapy sessions with professionals, but this proved very stressful and ineffective. So recently the doctors asked if I could conduct the sessions. This was very difficult for both of us and would often end in tears of frustration. However, we had been making steady progress with my friend occasionally muttering until finally last week he looked me dead in the eye and said, if I wanted to find out what games are coming out this week on my PlayStation platforms, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita software by the kind of funny co-founders. Okay, that's good. That's good. There's some, there's some, uh, there's some special ones on here. Oh, good. This is an, uh, Ryan Clements put this together for us in a special, special a website that only we can access called the PlayStation Book. Arcade Archives Crazy Climber 2 comes to PS4 digitally on the 15th. It's not out yet. Okay. It's a Friday release. Crazy Climber 2 is an action game that was released by Nichibutsu in 1988. As you do. The stages are set in the United States, but the same gameplay as the original applies. The climber will attempt to reach the top of buildings while characters relentlessly interfere with his, pro- his progress. <laughs> the climber will attempt to reach the top of buildings while characters relentlessly interfere with his progress. As they do. The Arland Atelier trilogy is coming to PS3 retail. This is a collection of three games. It says NIS America is happy to announce that the three game collection, the Arland Atelier trilogy is coming to PS3. This incredible collection contains Atelier Rorona, the Alchemist of Arland, Atelier Tatori, the Adventurer of Arland, and Atelier Maruru, the Apprentice of Arland, all on one glorious disc. People love those games. Good for them. Back to the Future of the Game, 30th Anniversary Edition, comes to PS4 digitally and retail. Don't buy this. Six months after Back to the Future Part 3, the DeLorean time machine mysteriously returns to Hill Valley driverless. Marty McFly must once again go back in time or else their space-time continuum will be forever unraveled. I appreciate Telltale trying to make a buck off of the uh, uh, Back to the Future anniversary mm-hmm. as everyone is this month, whether it be Pepsi, Rocket League, or anybody else. But, like, no, as a huge Back to the Future fan, and I reviewed those games, don't, don't buy them. Don't, you're fine. Bedlam comes to PlayStation 4 digitally. It says, Bedlam is a unique first-person shooter based on the novel of the same name by award-winning and best-selling author Christer, Christopher Brookmeyer. Right. Don't know anything I know the it. name well. Do you? No. This is an interesting one. People are excited about this one. Corpse Party Blood Drive comes to Vita digitally and retail. While some members of Kiss, Kiss while some members of Kisaragi Academy's class 2-9 returned from their trip to the hellish otherworldly elementary school known as Heavenly Host. Many did not. Yeah. I love Japanese games. Class president Ayumi Shinozaki attempted to use an ancient tome called the Book of Shadows to resurrect her deceased friends once before, but only compounded the tragedy in the process. And now the book has been lost. Oh, no. People are stoked about this one. Corpse Party is, yeah, it's like a franchise. Mm-hmm. People can go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. I'm stoked about this one. Here we go. Dragon Quest Heroes, The World's oh. Tree Woe and The Blight Below comes to PS4 digitally and retail. Venture forth on an all-new action RPG adventure set in the world of Dragon Quest in the peaceful kingdom of Arba. Man and monster live side by side. But when the monsters suddenly snap and go on a rampage, it's up to our heroes to fight back. Mm. It's important to note that this is a Musou. It's an Omega Force game, I think. Um, yeah, Koei Tecmo is... Uh, cited so that's a they own omega force it's a muso it's it's just like dynasty warriors i'm interested in it or hyrule whatever the hell it's warriors, called. Hyrule warriors. Warriors. You're nailing it. uh but it's uh i like dragon quest so i'm i'm we requested our copy i'd like to do a let's play i want to get into it and see if i can let me see if you got it yet you keep going farming simulator 16 comes to vita digitally 
Mm. Says Farming Simulator 16 invites you into the challenging world of a modern day farmer. Animal husbandry, plant, harvest, and trade in crops, including new potato and sugar beet. Oh, good. I haven't downloaded it. I haven't started it yet. Own and operate your very own farm wherever you go. I want it. Goosebumps the game comes to PS4 and PS3 digitally. Says the walk home from school today is going to be a lot spookier than usual. Your sleepy neighborhood's been overrun by monsters. Werewolves prowl the woods. Gnomes roam underfoot. And scarecrows walk at midnight. Okay. Sounds like the dream of a crazy person. Is it just like, is it just a third person shooter? Am I just walking around shooting pumpkins? I think it's probably like a a puzzle game, like an adventure game. Mm. Grand Ages Medieval. I'm I'm interested in this one. Okay. Comes out to PS4 digitally and at retail. Says Grand Ages Medieval is a real time grand scale strategy game that takes place in the high Middle Ages. The game begins in the year 1050 AD as you assume the role of a mayor governing a small European settlement. Looks pretty cool. Okay. You gonna play it? I'd like to, but who, probably not. Okay. The Jackbox Party 2, Party Pack 2 comes to PS4 and PS3 digitally. The sequel to the party game phenomenon, the Jackbox Party Pack, featuring five fresh rib tickling party games, doesn't say what they are. But it says here in the image Truth or Dare, spin the bottle. Outflash or Flashing. No. Quiplash. That's not what that's Oh, what Quiplash says. people love. Quiplash XL. Bidiots. Fibbage 2, Bomb Core, and Earwax are the games, I think. Okay. But you should double check that. I know Fibbage. Here's an interesting one. Okay. I'm interested to see what you think of this. Minecraft Story Mode Episode 1, The Order of the Stone, comes to PS4 and PS3 digitally. No shit, really? Oh, I'm there day one. I'm there tomorrow. Well, yeah. You're going to have to get there quick. Do I? Are they only limited only, downloads? There's only 10,000 copies. Oh, my God. What a great idea somebody should do, right? That is actually really smart. As Jesse, you'll embark on a perilous adventure across the overworld, through the nether, to the end, and beyond. While at Endercon, in hopes of meeting Gabriel the Warrior, you and your friends discover that something is wrong. Something dreadful. <gasps> Scott Porter's in it, so you know what I mean. One Upon Light comes to PS4 digitally. It says, immerse yourself in the monochromatic world of One Upon Light. Manipulate your surroundings to cast shadows and keep yourself safe from the light. Okay, I'll do that too. Super Blackout comes to Vita digitally. Can you black out all of the lit up titles in this addictive puzzle game? Features include 90 puzzles, a random puzzle generator, and a custom puzzle editor. If it is a random puzzle generator, then there's not 90 puzzles. It's unlimited puzzles. The Talos Principle Deluxe Edition comes to PS4 digitally and retail. Says the Talos Principle is a philosophical first-person puzzle game from Crow Team, the creators of the Serious Sam series, and written by Tom Jubert, FTL and the Swapper, and Jonas Christes, Infinite Ocean. Assume the, the role of a sentient artificial intelligence placed within a simulation of humanity's greatest ruins. Game looks cool, but it's not for me. Yeah, people love that game. Yeah, I just don't like those kinds of games. Three-fourths Home Extended Edition comes to PS4 and PS Vita. Very excited. Cross-buy. In her mid-twenties, Kelly, Kelly, it's Kelly, has been forced to move back to Nebraska, back to that flat expanse, that seemingly endless sea of rustling corn stalks peppered by rusty silos and rustier towns. 311's from Nebraska, sir. I almost died in Nebraska. I know. A typically intense Midwestern storm is approaching. That's what got While me. While Kelly is out, she <laughs> needs to get home. We played that on PC. I think we have a, a Let's Play. We do. Up. Wasteland 2 Director's Cut comes to PS4 digitally and at retail. It's a fat week. From the producer of the original Fallout comes Wasteland 2, the sequel to the first ever post-apocalyptic computer RPG. The Wasteland's hellish landscape is waiting for you to make your mark or die trying. We did a Let's Play of this, a very preliminary. I don't have all the information at all. Very intrigued by yeah. this game. Where is that in your docket? You're going to Platinum Probably Uncharted next. 3? Probably yeah. okay. well, you're gonna, you're, Have you started Uncharted 3? I'm going to do Uncharted first? 3 and then after that. Gotcha. WRC 5 is the final game. PS4, PS3, Vita, digital. Retail out on the 16th. Find all the cars, all the drivers, and all the official rallies of the 2015 FIA World Rally Championship in the racing simulation standard. I don't think I will. I think I'll pass on that. That is all of the games. It is a fat week. Do me the favor. I want to read me the 11th comment on this PlayStation blog post. 
Wondering if there is a trial for Minecraft story mode. Want to try before I buy? No, just get it, kid. What are you doing? P.S. I love you, XOXO. We're always here for you. How did you know that? I didn't. <laughs> I just wanted. I just thought it'd be fun to jump to the eleventh comment. But there won't be a demo. There's never a demo for this stuff. No. Let alone a Telltale game. No, no, no. Colin, it's time for topic of the show. Now, what somebody pointed out, of course, over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can leave your questions, is technically it should be tots, 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 tots. Tots, tots, tots. Should we move it to tots or is it toss, like terms of service? No, tots is fine. Yeah, we can make any of the changes we want. Tots, 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 tots. Tater tots. It's... Here's something that I found interesting. While I was going through the questions, while I was in the PlayStation mindset, mm. sitting around, mm. looking at my trophies, I noticed something that I hadn't noticed ever before. But it, 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 the seed had been planted long ago, and last week we poured some water on it. And I, I looked in the garden, my PlayStation garden, and I saw one little... Where's this going? One little green yep. stalk popping up. I have a little flame inside me of excitement for PlayStation VR. For the first time ever, really, it's, I've, I've I've thought it's cool. We've I'm not saying it's not cool tech. It's not, da, da, but it wasn't until I, we talked about no man. I was like, I make I'm making this prediction that when they go hard on when they go hard on this is PlayStation VR, they're gonna say here's No Man's Sky day and it's release date and it's all the same. You know, you buy it on the same day or whatever. It's a launch title. And once I said that, that started brewing and that got the fire and the little plant and everything. I was just talking about going quite the it, analogy. Quite you. the analogy. Thank you. I'm, Can't spell analogy without Greg. Anal, actually. Greg's anal. It's an anagram. Uh, you just drop some of them. And a whole bunch of people are with me. A whole bunch of people wrote in about PlayStation VR questions. I narrowed it down to just two, I thought, for tots, 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 tots. Sure. But to be brief, you're excited about VR. I am. I've been excited about it. Yeah. I'm totally a believer. You and I are on a little bit different page with this. I think we agree that it will not do well. Yes. So here, I think then we actually are very much in the same camp. Now we are. No. I was a believer in the tech before. I had been saying forever. But I've had the fire in the belly. My fire is a tree already. Yours is a little sap. Well, okay, that's fine. If that's what you're saying, that's fine. Okay. I thought you were saying that I was saying that I didn't believe in VR before in terms of like it no, being no, you cool. believe it, it works. All right, great. That's perfect. great. Okay, good. Then we're all in the same. Yeah, whatever, whatever makes you sleep at night. Two shots of whiskey. <laughs> uh, over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Because, of course, you make this show happen. So go over there and leave us questions, comments, and concerns on the Kind of Funny forums. Egregious. Egregious. Egregious one. You put a one in there and that screws everything up. You know what I mean? We'll say you, Greg. For, for the I? Yeah. Mm. PlayStation VR three-part question. How much do you think it will cost? Should cost? How much are you willing to pay for it? P.S. I like you as just a friend. So how much will it cost? The answer to all three of those questions is two ninety nine ninety nine. I will not pay more than $300 for it. Mm -hmm. It should be cost $300 and that's what it's going to cost $300. I'm with you. That's what I would say. But I, mm, I mm. see the should cost is the one that gets me. Cause what are we saying? It should cost how much development went into it. How much time went into it? How, how much? I mean, they're, they, they put a lot of money in it. Exactly. That's the problem, right? So that, that's what I'm saying. Should cost. It'd be awesome if you could launch it to 49. Dr. Richard Marks hit alone millions of dollars. I agree. His own money. No, they paid. Oh, okay. okay. I'm serious. Saying, I'm serious. Saying. Um, I think it, as low as you can get it is what it should cost. Whatever you can do to still make a profit and make this, again, Square Enix venture that is worth it for you, it should cost. But like my our concern, and it has been back and forth, is how if this will be successful. I've, my concern, as it has been standing, not right now with us hypothesizing No Man's Skies and amazing, awesome things like that, is the fact that it's going to launch in a PlayStation Move situation where it launches, 
There's some cool, you see glimpses in these games. Maybe there's one standout that's, oh, yeah, this is cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Rigs doesn't make launch, I'm going to say. Doesn't make launch. You're, so you have this weird launch where it's like this really expensive thing and these things that aren't that cool, and then it putters out. You know what I mean? Developers see it not be a success, so they don't they cut development on it. They're not making anything for it. Sony can't convince people to make for it, so you just get crappy little things for it before it just it's done. Yeah, I think that you nailed it on the head, which is why I think that Sony's probably approaching it differently. My assumption is that the rollout of PlayStation VR is going to be much bolder than we expect. Yeah, that's what you made it sound like in the interview. Last I week. think that No Man's Sky is a given, and it would be really smart for them to hold No Man's Sky until VR is ready and launched at the same day. I yeah, absolutely agree. I, yeah. Uh, it will not be someone asked it will be a VR only title is no way in hell but they they should make that do a, you think it's a time exclusive window though we're putting out the, we're putting out oh. the PlayStation VR version they're gonna of no piss Man's people Sky. off man I don't think they want to do that people yeah. are really excited about this game I think it'll be a huge strategic error but it's on just part. one of those things of like playing that I, I guess make that, them a believer that's the biggest thing is I've that's played it though I've played it but yeah. I think that we, we're gonna find that the rollout's gonna be bold I think that a lot of the first party games are gonna be working on VR and I think a lot of third party games are gonna work on VR too and I think that Sony might have even attempted and endeavored to bring a lot of this stuff in-house in other words like maybe send people out to ubisoft or to Activision, and be like this is how it works and this is how we can make your game run on vr so call of duty or yeah you know maybe next year's call of duty or something like that or Assassin's now when Creed. you say that do you see it as similar to like bioshock even it's got a playstation move mode or do you see it like you're just playing the game but it's plastered across your eyes yeah i i see it as you play the game and uh you're looking the at the camera ang- the camera stick is replaced by your head Mm-hmm. you could use probably both you have to that's the thing that's gonna be interesting is like the new ways we learn how to play with it but i'm a believer in vr i think they might be able to get it down to 249.99 i don't think it's gonna cost 249.99 i think it's gonna be expensive i can see even being more than 300 dollars. but that's um, your cutoff you're not going i don't that. i don't i'm not comfortable spending because at that point you're spending as much as the console's worth now i think 299 is the sweet point if they, if they have it even cheaper than that i'll be really surprised but it would be nice if they did um, what was the quote the who was it Andrew House who was it the last week or two weeks was basically saying it was going to call it, they're pricing it in line with a console you know what I'm talking about here oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I vaguely remember and, well the, the the the, the um, Palmer Lucky or whatever his name is was the one that was more in my head where he was like Oculus is going to cost more than three fifty I think or something like that I think is what he said mm-hmm. um, yeah that's true yeah that they were no longer going to be able to hit that or whatever but I don't know we'll see what happens with it I'm 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 interested to see. Uh, how the games are. I'm interested to see what the rollout is. I'm interested to see the release. There's a lot of information that we don't have yet. I assume that Tokyo, or uh, I keep calling it Tokyo Game Show, Paris Games Week is going to be the time, if not PSX. But I actually think you have to, PSX is almost too niche. I think it would be a huge mistake for them to wait to say it there. They have to announce the date. You know, get people hyped <laughs> but up. Here's, and I think it's going to be March, by the way. I mean, you think it's too late to wait till PSX? I don't That's think too- it's a smart move to wait until PSX. I don't think, you want, Paris Games Week is, is just going to have a bigger complexion than PSX. Sure. But you I need to get that news out. But I, I still th- it doesn't matter that PlayStation fans know they're going to find out. You know. It matters that everyone else knows. If they want to sell any of them. Real quick, I have a quote here. It's a blog post that she wrote or whatever when it was still Morpheus. And he says, quote, this is a console product. So we'd like to provide our hardware at as low a price as we can do. This is what I was talking about. Um, I see my thing about it is I think PlayStation experience actually makes sense for it. Because if it's going to be a 2016 release, right, we are ending, we've already missed Black Friday. You don't have to worry about it. You've bought the kids their Christmas presents. It's the first weekend in December, and we're talking about something that's coming out in March, April, somewhere down there, we're saying spring, right? So I think you, and you're talking to the group that's going to be the ones to buy it. I keep going back to the fact that this has, for this to work and be bigger than just what the PlayStation 
community is or whatever. If you want this thing to be super successful, it needs to have a Wii trajectory, which was the super hardcore, you and I buy our Wiis, we bring them home, and mom came over on Thanksgiving, bold for the first time, was like, I need this. And that happened to so many people. That's when the Wii really went crazy, right? Was it like that two weeks after release when everybody finally played it? It was like, oh my God, like this can do what I want it to do. Yeah, and the Achilles heel of VR, of course, is that you just can't show anyone what you're seeing. It's, It's a huge problem. Um, it's a huge marketing problem, which is why I would have never gone down this road to begin with. And sure. I actually, and I actually give like at the very embryonic stage when they were talking about it, it's like, or right, how are we going to market it and stuff? And I would have been like, you don't. Yeah. And, and that, and that, and for them to go surpass, like to, to bypass that and be like, okay, let's that, do it anyway. I think, I think shows that they really believe in it. Like right. Sony doesn't have much risk room for error, you yeah. know, like they just don't. So yeah. it's, it's not like Facebook with Oculus. Like they have lots of room for error and I think they're going to make mistakes, both of them. But And see, that's the whole thing is I think if you, it makes sense to do a PSX because you like, imagine this, the PSX is, you remember last year for PSX, right? Like the convention hall is closed off or whatever. Everybody comes in, they do the keynote presentation and then they open the doors and everybody can go do whatever. You come in and you make the announcement of the release date. No Man's Sky's coming out on launch day. We have all these other games and they're all playable right now. Open the doors and everybody goes out and there's like, I don't know, dozens of units you can sit down with people there to walk you through it because you're preaching that audience to make them go by to go home to preach their audience again. Like, no matter what, it's already getting to be that thing of like, sure, Oculus gets the Time Magazine cover with the guy hopping around and like, eh. but like the HTC, whatever VR unit, like it gets articles here and there, but it's not like my mom could tell you about that or have heard of it. I think PlayStation VR is in the same boat, right? Like Oculus is the name. So you need to be talking to your core right now so they go out and talk for you. Because any anytime anybody writes about any VR stuff, it's going to be well. Oculus is doing this, and there's also the other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I just uh, it's a, it's a problem, man. They have to. I'm interested to see the kiosk rollouts for yep. PlayStation VR. Well, I'm interested in Oculus. Well, go ahead. This this is an interesting. This is a good tie into the other part of tots tots tots. Kindoffunny.com/psq comes from C Hayes. He says, "Shoe explaining the strategy of how they chose." How they choose who they choose for third-party marketing partnerships was brilliantly stated. Love me some shoe and love to hear your relationship with him play out. With the beloved Vita suffering a near-fatal car wreck, how would you market Sony VR to give it the initial one- to two-year sales bump and make it a permanent fixture that won't fade out due to company-slash-branding neglect? So if we had, you and I, we're here at kindoffunny.com and they come to us and like we need you for marketing. And we're like, we don't really do that. But they're like, here's a boatload of cash and free VR. We're like, all right, great, we'll do it. How do we market it? I don't know, man. I think this this is a you have to market it in some. It's almost like a futurist thing. Like you have to market it as the next big step. That and this is what I've been saying about you know what does next gen mean? Yeah, everyone's like, where are the next gen games? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't think you even know what that means when you say that. You're just saying words. I think VR is a concrete thing where you can be like, this is what games will be because mm-hmm. I do fully believe that in 10, 15, 20 years, this is the way we're going to play many games. And Interesting. Um, it's not to say that the, the TV experience is going to go away, because it's not. It's just to say that I think that once VR, wor- it's, it's, it's what you're saying, once the ball's rolling and it has just momentum and, it, and it's going downhill and no one can stop it, VR is going to be a thing and people are going to have that in their house. Yeah. And when you see it work and you can play um, No Man's Sky on a TV or you can put it on and be the pilot, Yeah. Well, why would you ever want to not be the pilot? That's kind of the point of playing the game anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So I think that you have to market it. That's the future, the ideal future. Who knows if we get there? I think you have to market it in such a way as like, this is next gen. And that that's even a good, that's even a good, maybe maybe two inside baseball, but a good starting moniker for PlayStation VR when they're talking about it. Like, you know, future is, what, is now kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, it's twofold. It's hard though. They're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a hard time. But I think what I'm talking, uh, so I guess it's actually threefold. 
Everything I just said at PlayStation Experience, I do. I may, I engender you, the PlayStation Nation, the PlayStation faithful, to go out there and spread this word that you played it at PSX and have T-shirts that I've seen the future or whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? That you go out and you talk about it. Maybe even give you some kind of 50 buck off coupon or whatever. You know what I mean? Be If you can be nuts, give it to them. You know what I mean? Like, all right, if, if for everyone in this room, I don't I know there's thousands of people, but everyone in this room, you get one. Probably can't happen. Shuei says we can't do that kind of funny marketing. I go, okay. Next thing would be partner up with Walmart. Get kiosks, yes, in there that have to be staffed. You have to have somebody there to explain what you're doing. To and this is where with. things get crazy. Man. I know, I know. But I mean, like, this is the thing, right? Of like, get it. Maybe don't even. So let's dial back. Don't put it in stores, but do like they have that stupid truck that goes around the country, right? Take it to Walmarts on the weekends and take it to m- music festivals and yeah, things. Or county fairs. And exactly. All yeah. yeah. Get people in it that way. And then do a commercial that, and I know it's hard. Everybody's like, you can't show VR. I think that's a bit of a a lie to an extent. I think you can show VR at least in some way, but don't show just VR. Don't just show no man's sky looking around, show a kid in a, in, in his dorm room, his college dorm, right? And his roommate over there is playing the guitar and the other roommates make it out with somebody. Right. And he slides this thing on. And then it's like, as it comes down over his head, he's looking at like the theater screen. Right. And it's that theater demo you've seen where there's the theater seats and he just watches a movie or he plays the game. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Sliding it on in your house. Right. When you're, you're, or your nagging mother-in-law is there. You know what I mean? She's having fucking shut up, mom. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like show like that. Show the functionality of it outside of that. Show it. I guess I don't. It's probably not there yet for launch or whatever. But some kind. I'm assuming they're gonna have some kind of Skype app for it, right? Or PlayStation thing. You know, Twitch viewing. Maybe not that, but like movies and stuff. You can you can simulate the experience, but you cannot show it. Sure. That I mean, that is you don't understand it until you feel it. Yeah, you can't. You can't show it because because even if you're like even if you have the guy putting on the headset. And then, like, you show some movement and stuff. It's like, well, the it only works when you move your head in the direction that it's moving in. Yeah. You know? So, like, we're going to be like, three, two, one, move your head up and to the right. And that's the way, you know, like, that's, like, basically, the, but then you're not looking at the TV screen. So, this is, it. it they it is a marketing conundrum. And, I, and, and here's the one thing is that they will market it. And I'm going to be really interested how they've settled this. I'm sure that there's a lot of um, bidding going on for this right now with a lot of firms. I don't think they do their stuff in-house. So, um It'll be fast. Should, we, should we bid? No. Okay. No. Marketing is very hard. We just felt like I feel like we just nailed a lot of stuff. Here. Um. Yeah. I. I. I it is going to be an evangelical sm- small build and do something big, or it's going to die. Yeah. Um. That's I, what I'm saying. Start the fire at PSX. Flame it there. The fire rises. Fire rises. Yes, brother. For you. <laughs> Time for reader mail. Mail call. Maelstrom. Shane mail. Uh, if you have questions, of course, go to PS. Nope. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Don't go anywhere with the PS. Kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. It'll drop you into the Kind of Funny forums. Kindoffunny.com slash forums. You can talk to other people, register. The mods wanted me to tell you all. They see a lot of you coming in, and then you guys freak out and leave. They're nice people. Just chill out. Why are they... Why are they freaking out and leaving? I don't know. They're, it's it's intimidating, I guess, to see this all the awesome questions we get. Blows my mind every day. This is shout out to Jericho, by the way. One of the mods over there on the boards. Good he show. goes, great show, great wrestler too. But this guy's a little bit different. He goes through all the questions and then puts them at the top for me, so I don't have to like scroll through all the posts. Nice. He, he condenses everything. Obliged. Great, great people. Colin, you get to pick. Okay. Online trophies: a broken Vita, Naughty Dog, or Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Oh my God! You hit the daily double right away. <laughs> this one comes from Daquifala. Who then signs off Dean. 
So I'll call him Dean, Dean. now. But his board handle is Daquifala. Hi, Colin and Greg. Hello. With the release of the new Ratchet and Clank game based on the movie, based on the game, are you guys looking forward to the animated film of Ratchet and also the Sly Cooper film? Personally, I'm really interested to see what the studios are doing with the material and seeing these characters on the big screen. XOXO Dean. No, I couldn't be any less excited about it. But I am interested to see what other people think of it and if it brings people back into the fold. Like, could Ratchet and Clank be a thing again? Could Sly Cooper be a thing again? Yeah. That's what I'm most interested in seeing. I have no interest. I will not see those movies. I don't care. Sure. Um... I like both of those IP a lot. Um, they probably could have used those movies 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that, the computer technology wasn't there yet. TJ Fixman's script wasn't there yet because now it's the same Magnifique. <laughs> I yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm interested to see what, what's go, what goes on in those movies, but I'm most interested to see if they can engender a youthful audience that cares about these characters that goes back and plays those games and then maybe we see Sly 5 and, and we see a new Ratchet. And I know they've said it is and all these different things. I still find it so hard to believe that this is going to be at like a multiplex. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a Ratchet and Clank movie playing. Like, really? Really? This isn't going to be... There might be for a weekend. This is... Exactly. This isn't going to be, like, the whole, like... St- granted, every movie should do this, but it's not going to be, like... It's playing in select theaters, and it's everywhere on demand, Amazon. You know what I mean? Right. Like, is it just going to be digital stuff right away? Which, again, I'm not against. I'm just saying, right now, obviously, there's a taint to it. I will say this. That when I bought my nephews a PlayStation 3, they were, at the time, like, 7 and 4 or something like that. Sure. And, like, an infant. Now they're... 10, 7, and one like still an year. infant. Yeah, and someone's still an infant, which is very weird. weird. It's because he was born on a leap year. Um, <laughs> he was born February 29th, so he's still <laughs> one years old. Um, the they I bought them Ratchet and Clank collection, or no, all for one, and I bought them like the Sly collection or something yeah. like that. And they love that shit. Yeah. Like they like those characters. So I was like, okay. Like I told you that my my sister reached out to me and asked me if I, how much a Vita was because they want a Vita. I was like, what? And then you told her what happened. Yeah, and she's like, oh, never mind. Like, fuck this shit or something. She said, <laughs> she tweeted at me. <laughs> Um, I don't know what she was expecting. I'm like, it's not that expensive. Um, so I think that there's a possibility that they engender that audience that youth. They're going to need if, if we want these mascot platformers to come back to PlayStation, it's not going to be driven by old ass men that still play these fucking games like us. Yeah, it's going to be driven by kids that really go out and buy those games and, and, are, and are all about it. And I'm sure Sony looks at things like Skylanders and they're like, fuck, we really could have had that. And meaning Spyro. Sure. And you know they don't the problem with sony as opposed to nintendo and these and these other some of these third parties is they just don't have anything like that they don't they did yeah but that playstation all stars battle Royale. well not even i'm not talking yeah, i they know what it, you mean when they had the when they had the but they died because that's where they belong is in, in right in the trash heap of history because it's we've moved on that's what i always get so mad about when everyone's like there's no need to do jack four i'm like are you kidding me that's what you want them to make is jack four yeah really clearly we need that would be one of the most heinous it heinously inappropriate uses of resources in Sony history. Yeah. If they let them make Jack four, I'm just going to throw that out there. You know, that would be so ridiculous. I'd be like, you have to be fucking kidding me right You're now. Naughty dog, guys- all these guys are giving each other side eyes as they stare at their Jack four production. They're design not going to make Jack four. There's no way in hell they looked at it. I mean, they did. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they, there's just no way on God's green earth that that's going to happen. Maybe we'll see Jack four from someone else in this vein. The fire from hell went to kind of slash PSQ and said, Hey guys, I love the show thus far. I honestly had never heard of either of you until you started this podcast, and I'm becoming an avid fan. Oh, thank that's you. That's awesome. That's great. That's that interesting. Is not just all the old jerks. So out this, there. so this all sounds new to you. 
Good enough. <laughs> You're the one asking us to name our best Vita games. As for my question, do either of you think Sly Cooper might come back for a fifth game? I love the series and was kind. I love the series and was kind of let down by the fourth game. It seemed really? like it could have been so much more and fell short. From what it seems, there was a movie announced and there hasn't been any word about that either. Is Sly Cooper a dead IP? I don't XO, XO, PSO. I don't think it is. I, I, I was saying the trashy bits, but I'm kidding. I really like Sly Cooper. I really like Ratchet and Clank. I don't and know. I, like I, I don't know. I, I don't, like Sly Four. I, I was going to say I like. Uh, you were saying I don't like Jack and Daxter. I don't. I don't. I don't care much for that. Because you're a monster. You have no. Taste. But uh, I liked Sly Four as well. I thought Sanzaro, uh, San Francisco, were kind of San Mateo based company. They've done Sonic since then and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we, we're friends with some of those guys, and they yeah. and they and they. I, they, I thought Matt they did a really. Yeah, Matt. Uh, Matt Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did a re- I thought they did a really nice job with Sly 4. I actually really did. And the one thing that everyone forgets is that Sly 4 ends on a cliffhanger and suggests that Sly 5 is going to happen. Yeah. And my my assumption is that they were kind of waiting and seeing if it was going to work out and that they would do it. I hope that they get greenlit eventually. I think Sly Cooper's a great character. Yeah. Um, But I don't necessarily think it's dead. You used the word stasis before, and I think that's probably where it is. I think they want to see how these movies do, and they'll revive them if there's like a market demand for them. But I don't think there's like a latent demand right now for, for Sly Cooper or Ratchet. I think that that new Ratchet and Clank game is probably going to be fucking bonkers good. I'll, I'll tell you that. It looks amazing. looks like a cartoon, CG movie and everything. I have no doubt that Insomniac's North Carolina studio is, doing, is working on that game, and I think that uh, they have something to prove because they really... I, I don't know if they know or if they feel that they dropped the ball, but they did drop the ball. And I don't... With, with, all, for with all for One and with Full Frontal Assault. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's them as a studio. I don't think it's a, a mark on their talent or their ability to make games. I think it was the mark on... Sony letting them make those games because they don't Sony owns that IP. Yeah. And they were trying to make ratchet things that it was make him relevant. They put him into things that kids want to play or whatever. Tower defense and uh, multiplayer children's game or whatever. And I'm like, that's not what ratchet and clank is. Yeah. I don't understand how ratchet can come from a crack in time, which is considered one of the great PS3 games to uh, certainly one of the best 25 PS3 games and probably one of the top 10 exclusives on the console to full frontal assault, which is a fine game, but it's not ratchet. You know, and all for one was not very good either. I mean, I played it a little bit with with um, my nephews and we'd mess around with it, I think, at like events and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. So I think they have something to prove because they did Sony and Insomniac collectively dropped the ball in those Ratchet games. And they, and I think Ratchet is more dead than ever because of those games. If they made another crack in time and waited because crack in time came out in 2009, I think if they released another one in 2013 for or 2014, a PS4 game. Yeah. yeah. Probably be great. All and for- I, so I'm, I'm excited about the Ratchet game. I just don't care about the movie yeah no no i'm simple all for one was always the interesting one where that was the one you know people always you know you want to talk about video game journalism or this that or the other how people interact or whatever that was the one where i played that for the the real event and i was like i don't like this and they walked over like all right craig time for you to interview you're the guy from north carolina whose name i can't remember right now sorry and i was like heads up i don't like this game and i'm gonna tell him that and they were like sony pr was like Okay, like we're gonna warn him about that, and he was like, oh, "Okay, cool, well, like, let's talk about it." You know what I mean? Like nobody freaked out. Nobody's like, "Interview over." Put on the camera. Well, I think they knew like that the game. Wasn't. I, th- th- many people seem very surprised <laughs> that I didn't love all for one. Really? Yeah, it's not. It's not aiming that. I just don't understand how that series took a left turn like that. It's so yeah. weird to me. It's it, it, it's it's really one of the weirdest things that happened on PlayStation Three. Was like just the fucking. It was like everything's cr- like Ratchet and Clank are in the fucking Volkswagen <laughs> driving along <laughs> and then suddenly like and they're going up the hill and everything's fine. Like and so they just take it like right off the like just a sharp le- like in two seconds it's over. <laughs> and it's like what the hell you had full you had a full gas tank. <laughs> the tires are properly inflated. 
The no car is clean. You got your Coca-Colas in the, in the just drink holders. Stroke, <laughs> jerk the wheel to the left. But now they've been slowly climbing back up the oh, hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all dusty and dirty. Because Ratchet and Clank, good characters. Yeah. Colin. Yes. Your next question is to choose from. Mm. Gaming media versus actually playing games. A tough time. Xbox One versus PlayStation 4 in 2016. Gaming media. What does that mean? Can you clarify what that means before I make a choice? Consuming gaming media. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, PS4 versus Xbox One sounds good to me. Maddie Mayhem went over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and said, Hey, Colin and Greg. Hello. I have a friend that's trying to decide between Xbox One and PS4, and I'm not sure how best to advise PS4. him. Thank you, Next Maddie question. Mayhem, for your question. No. <laughs> In the past, I would have told him if you liked RPGs to go PlayStation, if you liked first-person shooters to go Xbox. Mm. However, I feel that distinction is no longer as true. What are your thoughts on the wider focus of each console's library and any information I could give my friend to help him make this very important decision? Thank you for your time and efforts. P.S. I love you. P.S. I love you. XOXO. Continue the great content and all hail shoot. My honest assessment of this question is that I'm not sure you can go wrong with either choice. Yeah. I think that Xbox One has a vibrant, a growing, vibrant ecosystem of indie games, which I really like, and they're engendering that relationship with ID at Xbox, and they have Phil Spencer kind of leading the helm, and he's doing right, making all the right moves and saying all the right things. I think you can go in PS4's direction and be totally content with that, too. I would suggest PS4, because that's just more where I'm happy, where I'm happy, where I'm more comfortable, and it's also a more vibrant system. It's selling better, so it's engendering more support. I think that that could be a snowball effect for Sony in yep. two, three, four years, where there are more games, there are better games. The games do run better, typically, on PlayStation 4, as it's more powerful hardware. Technically, I don't know anything about that. You just see a lot of the resolution shit, where it's resolution like, gate. even with, a, I think, was it ba- Battlefront or something? Don't, it was like, it's running at 900p on PS4 and 720p, so it's even getting like lower yeah, now. Yeah. As opposed to 1080 versus 900, so I don't think you can go in and, and, and go in a different go in either direction. Be totally fine. You can go in both directions. Be totally fine. Uh, I think what it comes down to is first and second party support because I actually think that the third party support's pretty much the Fair. same, maybe with some resolution or frame rate differences. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and these aren't nerds; they won't catch that. So I think that you have to look at the exclusives. Yep. And I think that Xbox's exclusives look great this fall and look great next year. What's after that? I don't know. Yeah. Sony has a very a much more vibrant and I think much more stacked ecosystem of first parties and second parties. Going forward in the future. Just generally. I think if you take those two rosters, like Sony's clobbers, Xboxes, mm-hmm. like in terms of variety, in terms of talent, in terms variety, of, for sure, yeah. you know, um, I don't want to say talent because everyone's, they're all talented. Yeah. That's the wrong word. In terms of pedigree. Let's put it that way. In sure. terms of pedigree. Sure. There's no one on Sony's, on, on Microsoft's first party list that rivals Naughty Dog. No one. There's no one that rivals even, I think, Santa Monica or Sucker Punch. Well, since they you know? got rid of those local cycle guys, yeah. Um, but what they do have is like some newer studios, 343, um, making Halo, very talented. They have Turn 10 making Forza, very talented, not so new. They have um, the guys, uh, uh, the what are they called now? They, the guys in Vancouver, the Black Tusk, they renamed oh, themselves. Yeah, the Gears guys. Yeah, the the, the Coalition or whatever they call yeah, themselves Yeah, the Coalition. Now. Excited to see. I'm excited about Gears 4. I'm definitely going to play Gears 4. Yeah. Um, you play it with me? Yeah, we played Gears 3 together. Yeah. So we should play Gears 4. Yeah. Bro and out, bro. Yeah, for me, it comes down to two things always when I talk about this. The exclusive games, because, yeah, third party can get anywhere. So what does he want to play? Is he excited for Uncharted or Halo? And, what, and then what, you get down to the brass tacks of which is more important. You know what I mean? Which one of those? Yeah, I, I like both those. Well, which do you want to play? Which couldn't you miss? You know what I mean? And then friends. Where are your friends playing, right? For so many people, that's what a huge deal is. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to get into Destiny or be excited for the division, where are you going to be the only person playing on Xbox? Like, what do you play on, Maddie Mayhem? 
yeah, help him I, I, go that way. I'll say you buy. An, he goes out and buys an Xbox One, probably gonna be happy with it. Go out and buy a PlayStation Four, probably gonna be happy with it. The brilliance is that there's enough to be happy with with both of those consoles. I think the future might look a little different depending on how things pan out because I didn't include the story, but the Phil Spencer quote. Ah, yes. That we talked about where he basically admitted like Sony has a huge lead. I think that was his words, like a huge lead, and they don't know if they're gonna ever catch up. That will have financial ramifications. I mean, look at and game ramifications, like a Wii U. I'm not saying Xbox One is gonna sell like Wii U. It's certainly not. Of course. Uh it'll sell many, many times more than the Wii U. But the Wii U suffers third party support and indie support because no one puts their games there because it's not selling. Why would you put your game there when you put your game on PlayStation 4? And it's the same thing. So if the if the trend continues and PlayStation really buries Xbox One, which is possible but unlikely, I think, um, then the PlayStation Four might be a long game support. You know, like where it's like four or five years from now, PS Four might look a lot better. But let's not forget, and I keep saying this, and I think people are understating the importance of this. Xbox Three Sixty was eating PlayStation 3's lunch for years, years. You know, and came out a year earlier and was destroying it. And PlayStation Three ended up winning at the end. Anything's possible. Xbox One can certainly truncate that lead. Yep. Certainly take the lead. It's going to take a big, heavy lift, and it will probably require Sony to fuck something up at some point too. Because like maybe a giant VR thing they put on your face. Maybe, but no. I think you can. I think you're going to be happy in either direction. Good games on both consoles. If you're, especially if you're not like a graphics whore and stuff like yeah. that, I don't think you're going to care. No. I certainly. I don't see frame rates like the frame rates Savants do resolution it's like well i don't really care like is the game pretty like that's pretty, like that's that, that's like my qualifier game pretty game pretty me like me Colin. like trophy good yeah trophy yeah trophies of course far cry primal if games didn't have checkpoints metal gear solid 5 let's talk about far cry angel muse went to kind of funny.com slash psq just like you should and says hey greg colin and the shoe had yoshida picture in the background with Far Cry Primal now officially announced, at first I was skeptical that the release date was so soon to the announcement that it would not be up to the standard of previous Far Cries. However, now I feel like Ubisoft kept this under wraps until they were certain they could release it by the date. My question to you guys is, do you think they could pull it off by the date of February to the high quality standard of previous Far Cries or does it feel too soon P.S. I moderately love you. XOXO. Yeah, I think it'll come out that date. I think some people are, are anticipating and even calling like Babe Ruth calling a shot, calling the the uh, the release date being delayed. It's possible, but I don't think no it's going to happen. It's too late. Like yeah. This is all part of the plan at this point. Yeah, I think I think this game is locked in. I think people are underestimating how long this game has been in development as well. Yeah. Um, I think once Far Cry 4 was in good shape, I think that well, long before it came out, they, they, they found a team. And they were like, this is the engine. This is the way it's going to look. You make your game. We'll make Far Cry 4. It'll come out a year and, and, and change. It's getting onto that Assassin's Creed thing, right? Where it's like, oh, you could see some Assassin's Creed and be like, or the, every year there's one and like, well, one of them's getting the B team or whatever. They didn't give enough time to it. But in reality, there's teams working in tandem on yeah, them. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. I'm interested in it. I have this curiosity about Far Cry Primal because I really like Far Cry. Yeah. Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 especially, I think, are fucking awesome. They're yeah. great games. Yeah. And how are they? For, there's conventions in these games and there's conventions in Ubi games. In AAA UB games, the towers and the kind of like perches and the collectibles and whatever, like they, they, they just make a kind of game. They make a type of game. How are they going to do it? Yeah. Like, that's the thing I'm most interested in is like, what is the tower going to be? What are the fucking compounds going to be like? Yep. How are you going to clear them? I, 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 my intrigue level is actually higher from this than it was for four. Sure. Because you knew what four was going to be. Yep. And four it was, was souped up three. And that's yeah. great. Yeah, that was great. This is going to be different. And I, I, I'm interested to see what it pans out to be and i i have confidence that it's going to be very good 
but we'll we'll see. I mean, when we when we play it, we play it. I'm sure we'll play it before it comes out, and we'll, we'll so, report yeah. back. But it'll be a PSX, I can imagine. Yeah, and we'll pr- they'll probably and the UB's right in San Francisco. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they're gonna have us over at some point to play. You have Stone, bring us over. So right? Scott, Scott Fry. Yeah, I I am. Uh, is Scott the one in charge of it? He's, got he's always working on that at Far Cry. Um, I love me some Scott Fry. Scott really Fry's nice an guy. amazing dude. Um, so very talented percussionist. Really? Yeah. Scott Fry, you're holding out on me. You sorry son of a bitch. Um, so yeah, we'll play it. We'll report back when the time comes, but. I'm I my intrigue level because it is different mm-hmm. is very high. Sure. You know what to expect with Assassin's Creed. You know what to expect with with mainline um Far Cry games. By the way, speaking of Ubisoft, yeah. Someone tweeted at me again that Ubisoft software is yes, is saying that the division will have a single player mode. Mm-hmm. I saw the tweet. They tweeted at me too. Did you read the article? I didn't read the article. No, I'll I'll take their word for it. Yeah. Uh I can't wait for your disappointment. Why do you it's want gonna, me to be disappointed? I'm like I so just, excited about I just the lo- I've just seen this cycle so many times now that you get stoked for a game and then one thing comes along and just upends it. And this is so this one this iceberg is as clear as day that we're heading straight for it. You can see it and you're like, I'm gonna be fine. I got this one. It's not gonna get in my way. I love you. I want you to be happy, you but you never will. Exactly. <laughs> At the helm of the ship. I'm spinning the wheel. I got this one, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry about this one. It's not going to touch me. Two questions left, Colin. I want one of those wheels where you're just like spinning it. Just, I'm like, how much can you possibly yeah, I know. spin Why? the like, What the hell? What, can we go? It's because the water, I think, is is p- trying to push it back in the same direction, so you have to constantly. Mm, you know. Look at you. You're nautical. Two questions left. Is like saying I'm radical? No. Okay. Fair the enough. first one comes from the fabled hunter over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. He says, hey, guys. Hello. Why do you guys think Sony isn't worried about backwards compatibility, especially after Microsoft's moved at accomplishing it? Is it because of the lead they have in the console sales, or is there something I'm not seeing? Do you think they may eventually do it, especially since it can possibly be a reason for the tables to turn? There's two reasons. One's a commercial reason and one's a practical reason, right? Yep. The first is that they spent $400 million on a streaming service that doesn't <laughs> seem to be doing very much, and they're not going to fucking cut its Achilles heel, sure. you know, sure. by making it backwards compatible, because if they do that, it's over for PS now. It's done. It's over. There's no reason to have it, and maybe that's better. I'd love to see the stats on that. How many people are using PS now? I don't know. I don't think anyone's using it. I think that, that was, buying it seemed like such a good idea and I think it was probably maybe a huge blunder which is why I don't make business decisions. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's that consideration. There's a practical em- economic consideration to not make games backwards compatible because it conflicts with PS now and it also conflicts with their ability to re-release old games again. You have not seen the last collection of PS games on PS4. And they can make money on doing that. Blue Point's fucking bread and butter is bringing yeah, these games. Yeah, yeah. They're going to do it again, I'm sure. Just like they did with Uncharted. Think about the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. If you could, or God of War 3, if you could just go into PSN and download those games, then why would you ever need to buy the $50, $60 box? Yeah. You know? So there's a practical economic reason. The other reason that I think people are really ignoring is that it just might not be possible. You have to understand the PlayStation Network apparently is a fucking mess. Like, like, yeah. Like a disaster. And, and you can tell. It doesn't work. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> they can't. You can't even change your fucking name for nine years. Yeah, you can't change your name. There's some serious fucked up things going on on the PlayStation Network, and so the PS4 just might not be able to talk to that PSN, the PS3's PSN. And could they make it happen? Probably. They could probably brute force a solution in the PS4 to let it try to figure out how to emulate the cell processor on the PlayStation 4's hardware. Yeah, they could figure it out. I'm yeah. sure that they. I'm sure that they could figure it out. But the problem is so labyrinthine and fucked up. Yeah. I'm sure 
that they look at it and they're like, well, we have PS Now. We're selling these collections. Look at Nathan Drake collection, all this kind of stuff. You haven't seen, I'm telling you, you, haven't seen the last of it. So we don't want to do it for those reasons. And then we have to dedicate X amount of engineers who make X amount of money right, right, right. to this for X amount of time. It really should be X amount of engineers for Y amount of money for Z amount of time. Shut up. And is that worth it for us to do that? Even and there might not be a resolution. They might tell their engineers figure it out, and the engineers might be like, "We don't really know how." I mean, the big, I think there's a lot of problems. I think the main why aren't they worried about backwards compatibility? Because technically, they have a solution in PlayStation Now in these remasters, and also, does it matter anymore? Backwards compatibility is always a big. I mean, look at the PlayStation Three; is always a big deal at launch. It is a way to get. Hey, all right, you own the last gen console. Come to the new one. You can bring all your games. Everything will be great. They didn't have it with PlayStation Four, and it didn't stop them. They're the number one console. They're off the it's races. It's outselling. Everything's PS3 doing great. PS Two. Everything's going really, really well. Not to mention the fact that, as we just talked about, in, just talked about an hour and forty minutes ago, uh, not that many people played Uncharted on the PlayStation Four. Uh, that own a PlayStation Four played Uncharted. So it's not you're not you're talking about an audience that doesn't even own the biggest games of the PlayStation 3. Backwards compatibility doesn't matter to a PlayStation 4 owner. It matters when you th- when you want to stop and think about it. When you when you do you want that feature? Of course you want that feature, but it doesn't it's not a deal breaker backbreaker for you or probably 90% of the audience, 98% of the audience is picking it up, right? They're just like, yeah, fuck it, my old games don't work. The games I didn't even own on PlayStation 3 don't work and now I'm here for this new thing. They don't need to worry about getting new people through the door cuz so many people are already through the door. It's yeah, not a deal for them. Yeah, there there is you're right. There is a pragmatic reason not to do it too because there's the imperative on Microsoft to do something like that was to engender the goodwill of the audience. Right. I think it was a smart move. I I'll say again that I think that was the biggest blockbuster announcement at E3 that year because it showed that they did something that was technically not supposed to be yeah. possible. Yeah. And that again could be PR speak, but I don't think it was. The Xbox One was not made to play Xbox 360 games and they figured it out and it was a huge lift and they did it and they should be they they deserve congratulations. It was a very consumer centric movement and it opens up ultimately they have to do it game by game, but it opens up the Xbox One to hundreds of new games. And that's the thing is that there's think about it this way, right? So many people who own a PlayStation 4 didn't own a PS3 or it wasn't their primary console, so they don't care about backwards compatibility. Meanwhile, if Xbox 360 was your primary console and you haven't bought the Xbox One as we see in the discrepancy in how many units have been sold right you now have a it's now again a motivating factor to bring over your collection of 130 games you know what i mean like they it's not apples to oranges but it's not apples to apples either there's this they're in different places where backwards compatibility doesn't mean the same amount yeah yeah it's i think we touched on all the reasons i think the psn is profoundly fucked up i think that's obvious yeah i mean it was down for like a month remember uh how could we forget Uh, kelly uh I think that making even minor changes in the PSN's back end is probably really catastrophic. Dominoes, dominoes, yeah. just toss, toss. So which is why unintended consequences. Which is why I think that the name change hasn't happened yet. Which is why I think, which is why I'm not confident that it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, like I hope it does. They have to write some sort of macro, basically, to like switch. You know, like the, it, I'm not an engineer. I'm not nearly smart enough sure? to be an engineer, and I'm not smart enough to be an engineer on the PlayStation Network because those guys have to deal with something that's not what it's probably should right, be. Right, right, right. So making the PS4 then talk to the PS3's version of the network, it's probably, they're probably looking at it and being like, why would we ever do that? You know, and then they have to emulate the game. Yeah. So it's very complicated, but there are financial reasons not to do it. They're going to, the, if they do that, it's over for PS now. That's $400 million down right. the drain. Plus all of the, it's not even $400 million. It's probably way more than that because they invested all of this money doing this. You know, it's $400 million to acquire the technology. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think it's like literally three hundred eighty million dollars. Then another, however many millions of dollars, employing everyone there and 
making this work and doing all this kind of stuff and bring it to all these consoles and beta testing it and getting the games to put on. I mean, it's like, I don't it's think not worth it. My original, uh, when they got PS now or they had Gaikai, I was like, that's a really shrewd move and, and they're in good shape. And now I look at it and I'm like, I don't know that that was a shrewd move. They might've handcuffed themselves pretty severely to this thing. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think it matters. You know it matters. Dollars and cents. It matters. It does not. PS now does not matter. Period. Yeah. But to them, it definitely does because they oh, wasted sorry, I mean, a shit. The argument of backwards compatibility. Backwards yeah. compatibility. I just don't think it matters to them. Oh, backwards. No, no, no. I don't think they, they removed backwards compatibility mm. from PS3. They, they, they telegraphed yeah. their moves. I don't. There was no. There should have been no expectation that PS4 was going to play PS3 games. Right. And there isn't. Yeah. Final question from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ comes from Zizo. He or she says, hypothetical scenario. The year is 2016. The remastering of games has escalated beyond reason. After months of brutal deaths and countless war crimes, the United Nations steps in and halts the productions of all remastered games. Then, they call in their two video game experts, President Colin Moriarty and Vice President Greg Miller, and ask the question. There can be only two more remastered games for the foreseeable future until the situation cools down. You are each allowed one selection. They can be whatever console or series you want, and you can pick whoever you want to make them as well as if that's too much. I'm not going that far. We'll remake them. I mean, what are we, what that's we, why I'm pulling that back. He, he started with remaster. We're doing remaster. Yeah, making what, a game. What game do you, you get one remaster, one collection, one remaster. What do you want? He says it can be any system. Well, clearly we're going to talk about PlayStation because the PlayStation markets. The answer is simple, but I'll wait for your answer. Play resistance trilogy. Okay. Mine of course would be infamous and I want them on Vita. I want. The, I want. It. I, I know it can't. I know it can't happen. But if the union. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I was gonna say I can't believe that an infamous game never came to Vita. I thought that was a fucking slam dunk. I mean, if you talk about bets, we would have bet the house on and lost the house. Thank God we can't buy, but bet this house. We would have all lost. I was so. Yeah. Of course, there's gonna be that an and God game. of War. I thought were a slam. They dunk. put coal in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Of course, there's gonna be an infamous game. I remember saying that. Of course. I think that they my, the my theory is that that game was in development. There's something, there's some story. Why not? Like, why didn't Infamous come to Vita? And why didn't fucking God of War come to Vita? It doesn't make any sense. We got like a few bit, we got Uncharted, we got Killzone. You're telling me they are working on this Vita. They believe in this Vita. There's an Uncharted Vita and not in some fucking back room corner. Somebody's working on a God of War. Somebody's working on an Infamous Vita game. Come the fuck on. It's unfathomable. It wouldn't have mattered. We got to get Jackie Trenton on this show. He'll know. Yeah, I wonder what Jack Trenton's NDA is up. Probably never. <laughs> Jack Trenton has a fucking 10,000 year NDA. <laughs> I like that, man. Hey, Greg. We're really excited about the PlayStation ecosystem, Greg. Colin, you're a great interviewer. It's great to see you as always. Getting a little John Gruden in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Monday Night Football's on too, so I'm feeling oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Colin, time for one of the newest segments on our old new show. This week's forgotten PlayStation game. What do you bring to the table this week? Well, oh, I was a game gonna, we I was gonna go so deep that I was gonna come out the other end of the earth, so I decided not to do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, I, I I'm settling on a little game called Mushroom Wars. You remember Mushroom this? Wars? Yeah. I do remember Mushroom what, Wars. Mushroom Wars at one time I think would have been on our top twenty five PS three games. It was. It was. Uh, I, when we were at IGN a long time ago. Um, Mushroom Wars is a fun little PS three downloadable game. Uh, it's like a real time tower defensey kind of game, like a strategy game, like where you're basically you're fighting other colored mushrooms in their own colored mushroom houses. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to send your forces and take over their little huts and all that kind of It's a very simple game. Really psychedelic art, I remember, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, anything with mushrooms is psychedelic, bro. Hey, man. So it's just, I won't say much more about it. It's a great game. 
Yeah. Go back and play it. Put in your PlayStation 3, dust it off, download Mushroom Wars, give it a go. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, that would have been a game that would have really been nice on Vita as well. Um, but, you know, it's so long and old and That's, you know, yeah, old, we, that forgotten gone. kind of game. But I actually think it did pretty well. People played that game. Yeah, I remember um, that. But that was because I think the pool was so much smaller, shallow, I guess, in that argument. Sure. So I gave a shout out to Vita two weeks ago. You gave a shout out to PS3 last week. I'm going to give a shout out to PS3 again. Good. Uh, so that the Docoro, The Last Guy, and now Mushroom Wars. We're assembling the, the best list of the this week's forgotten PlayStation game. Mm. All right. Uh, time for another segment. It's called PSN's Worst Name of the Week. Of course, you go to kindoffunny.com slash forums, click on the PS I Love You forum, and then you can leave your worst your story either of a name you've seen or a name that is your own that you'd like change but can't change because Shuhei is an angry god. This one comes from Game Sleep Repeat. Of course, a ripoff of Paul Heyman, but I'll let it go. I submit for you my own name, Giving the Geed. Giving the Geed. Like, because it's G-U-I. How Geed is how I'm saying it. Good? I don't know. G-U-I-D. Whatever. No, I didn't forget the E from guide, as I often let people believe. The f- in fact, the Geed was a lewd sex act my high school friends and I had come up with in our minds, and of course, never actually utilized. Think the shocker with a little more thumb action. Huh. Some might call that hot. So I'm giving the Geed forever. <laughs> let us change our name, Shuhei. I'm giving the Geed. No, I'm going to call bullshit on that name. Because on that being selected, because that's an that's an obscure word that your friends made up. No one will know. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point of it. That's this is one of the few now. Per, we've been getting so many. I'm playing Black Ops. This is the name I see. You know what but I that's, mean? That's good stuff. But somebody he regrets this. He is stuck with this name. It is. It weighs on his consciousness. He's in. He's in fucking chats with people. And like, did you forget the E from guide? Giving the guide. What the fuck does that even mean? How do you no. think I feel? You fucked up. No, I'm not. The my name's still Moriarty-IGN, but I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. Keep telling that's our, that. Well, that's our legacy. I sure. mean, I, it's not like, I'm not like sitting here crying every night. Being sure. Like, why can't I? Will you, know? you change it if, when you get the ability to change it? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I have an idea of what I want to change it to. But if that's like, if that's the name I'm stuck with, that's fine. You know? Mm-hmm. It just conf- causes a little bit of confusion for people. I probably should have thought ahead of that. Yeah. I think when I made the name, I assumed that I could change it. Mm, like a lot of people do, like giving the geed did. A lot of people jump in there thinking they can. Um, but you know, when you learn, you know, six months later and a thousand trophies later. But this is what I was talking about: is that I could start a new name. I guess would it? It would ruin my my trophy ego a little bit. Yeah. But are we getting the trophies to stack them? Or are we getting the trophies because we like to get them? That was like one of the kind of the philosophical mm. questions I was I was coming down to. Like, I look at my trophies actually, and I'm like, I would delete half of these if I could. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I even with the zero percent ones, I don't delete them. I like seeing what I did or when I'm like, oh, I popped it in for a Let's Play or did this and we never did. You know what it I mean? Is a nice, like, it is a nice lineage of yeah. the things we've done. Because that's, that's how you do, that's how we both do the when we're looking for the forgotten PSN mm-hmm. game, right? Or PlayStation game. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, yeah, my name is, uh, it's like a throwback. You know? To a long and I'm, time. And I'm okay with that. Go on. But should not. I be given the option to change it, I will change it. Okay. okay. But if I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. I have... Like 500 games attached to it, 52 platinum trophies attached to it. It's, it is what it is. Yep. I'm not going to just it give it up. It is what it is. Can't just give it up. That's what my dad says when he doesn't know what else to say. Yeah. Which is like one of my favorite things. Is he, you say it on the phone all the time, right? Yeah. 
talked to him for like five minutes. He's like, well, it is what it is. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's time to go, Dad. Talk to you next week. <laughs> you're, out of, you're out of nuggets of wisdom for me, Dad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been P.S. I Love You XOXO Episode 3. Remember, each and every Tuesday, P.S. I Love You XOXO comes to you at 9 a.m. on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the world. Of course, podcasts are cool, but what pays the bills is kindoffunny.com and of course patreon.com slash kind of funny and kind of funny games if you have a few bucks throw them our way over there but of course this show is completely free you don't have to give us nothing go give it to your friends subscribe to us on itunes subscribe to us on youtube share it like it favorite it throw it around snapchat a bit of it to somebody go over and say to your friends in the in the nursing schools hey gee who likes playstation i can be like nobody get out of here psycho this isn't even a nursing school and you're like ah you're a fucking psychopath. Every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. If you have a song you've written or performed, head over to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. PS I Love You, but then the M's for music instead of Q. Kindoffunny.com slash PSM. Submit your SoundCloud link and YouTube link to be part of the show. You can submit any links just so I can go download the damn song and link you out somewhere. This one comes from Jonas Majeroy. He says, hello. Hello. This is my first song that I wrote, produced, and performed sans female vocals all by myself. Hope you all enjoy. The song is called Sentinels. The genre, metal. You can get it at soundcloud.com slash Jonas Majeroy. This is in the description of the YouTube video, of course. You're going to hear it if you're listening to the MP3 video. If you're on the YouTube, you won't hear it because I don't want to get copy right striked. Instead, there'll be a little hyperlink to send you off to his YouTube page that doesn't have this song up but has other music mm, up, so you have to enjoy mm. that. Remember, it'd be helpful when you do this in the future at kindoffunny.com slash PSM if you have a YouTube link and an MP3 download somewhere because this is kind of how this new world works. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jonas Majeroy with Sentinels. Goodbye. Goodbye. And thank you. We reside in time, we'll never truly fall. Shame is our guidance, endurance is our
fight back.